Totally we have. Hello and welcome to Export Audio Episode One Hundred. Fuck you! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking hate you! I can't believe you got me. <laughs> I'm Nora, joined as always by my lovely wife Autumn, who to whom I've done no wrong, and who loves I'm me. A <laughs> <laughs> I'm a. <laughs> gotta edit that out now. Can't say <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. Are you sure? I don't can't be corny on main. It's impossible. <laughs> uh, that's there's a third voice in the room this time. Again, just like last time, but a different third voice. Guess <laughs> on the last episode? Yeah, we had Quinn. I thought we recorded an episode between then. You wanted to, but we never did. You had surgery. No, we recorded the we recorded the Gideon the Ninth episode. Did we do that? Did that go up? We, I think we... that's right. Yes, <laughs> I think I listened to that episode like two days ago. <laughs> that's why she sent us the uh, screen cap of that bad Gideon the Ninth post. <laughs> uh, I don't remember things. Hi, Grace. Hello, it's me, Grace. <laughs> um, yep. so we have no content prepared. It's well, I mean, audio. I think I've got, I think I've got something. Oh, hit me with some content then. Well, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts three. Okay, uh, a lot. Where are you at? Where are you at? Uh, I am in Big Hero Six World, currently. Okay, okay. So I'm um, like right before plot starts really happening. Okay. Yes. Autumn, name the <laughs> name the city from Big Hero Six. Uh, uh, San Fran Tokyo. No. San Francisco. San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I was so close. Um, so you've already gotten to my favorite Disney moment in any Kingdom Hearts game, which is Woody telling off young <laughs> Xehanort. <laughs> it's good. There's actually a lot of good moments like that. Like the the bit where Pirates of the Caribbean 3 is just playing. They just put on the Blu-ray of that. <laughs> yeah, the FM, and then, there's like... Moments where I can't tell what's FMV and what's, like, <laughs> the actual game, which is saying something, because usually the Pirates of the Caribbean shit looks like dog shit. I mean, it doesn't look good, uh, <laughs> but there is, like, a like pre-rendered section, and then just Sora pops out and is like, no, Davy Jones love Israel. <laughs> <laughs> the part where Davy Jones isn't a heartless by default is, like... Yeah, well, it's... it The Organization 13, I mean, I guess... You know, I've not gotten to the end, so we'll not spoil the end. But, like, spoilers for Disney World stuff. I don't know if people mm. care about this, but maybe people do. Bless your heart. <laughs> um, it's the only game where anything interesting happens in a Disney World. I won't say yeah. any of it matters, but it's interesting. No, I, I mean, a, I think I agree, yeah. There's a really uh, interesting part at the very beginning that this doesn't come back at all. What's that? Sora, like, dealing with the fact that he can fail. <laughs> like processing yeah. emotions and th their impact on he, him and then he just doesn't do that again for the whole this game. is well this is the thing is like the, there's a beat in the frozen world uh which as you may see on twitter i am i am a defender of mm. um where sora's talking to anna from frozen you mm -hmm. know Kristen bell and <laughs> uh and Anna's like, yeah, like, I really love my sister, and she kept pushing me away, and, like, I don't know if I'm what she needs or, like, what's going on. And then Sora thinks, this reminds me of me and Riku 
How can I help in this situation? That is the most self-reflective Sora has ever been in his entire life. (laughs) (laughs) It's like truly we are experiencing like growth from this character. I'm excited to see that drop, I guess, is now what I'm saying. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> but... a, another weird moment is, like, I can't recall a time, like, before Kingdom Hearts 3, I can't recall times that the Disney characters interact with the Kingdom Hearts characters. And at Kingdom Hearts 3, they, they like, go from 0 to 100 with, like I yeah. say, the Woody Xehanort moment. And also, you've gotten to the Monsters, Inc. world, right? Yeah, so that's that's uh, I think Big Hero Six is the last world if you're going. That's what I thought. Them. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, Sully picking up Vanitas and like oh, throwing him is so such a good. surreal experience. Well, there's that amazing shot where Sully's just like looming behind <laughs> Vanitas <laughs> and just grabs him, and like it's just I don't I, like I don't. It's weird because I'm saying I'm saying a lot of stuff that's very positive about this game. Um. Mm-hmm. And I don't think game. it's good. I don't <laughs> think there is a good, good mainline Kingdom Hearts game. I think all the good ones are mobile games. This is my hot take. We weren't um, living together when I was playing Kingdom Hearts 3, so you didn't have to watch me traipse all around the fucking Toy Story level six times trying to figure out where the fuck to go. Oh, I do. yeah, that's true. Ugh. When I was watching a Let's Play of it, like the week that it came out, I do remember skipping... like. Pressing the like right arrow key on a lot of uh, oh? Toy Story World. Oh, you you just skipped through the game because it was bad to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't care well, about Kingdom Hearts yeah, gameplay. Uh... All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna call out Vinny Caravelle on this podcast. Okay. Oh fuck. I was, I was, <laughs> <laughs> so I was listening to the Beast Cast a while ago. Um, this was like end of the year 2019, so it was it was you know a good good amount of time ago, and he was like. I am playing a little. I'm playing a little Kingdom Hearts three, and that's really just like a PlayStation two game. They really just made one of those. And like playing it, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, Vinny? <laughs> Nobody knows what a PS two is nowadays. <laughs> yeah, like anyway. I mean, I guess this is just going back to conversations you and us three have had several times. But mm. it's like there's not a like section of the game where it just becomes Assassin's Creed four in Kingdom Hearts two. Like, that's not a thing that happens. <laughs> like, this game is so influenced and, like, structured by AAA design. Like, the la- the Big Hero 6 level is just, like, a square of Grand Theft Auto with neon <laughs> Japanese characters added. I distinctly remember listening to the Shrieking Shack playing that level. Because um, they were talking about... Something, some. I think it might have been one of those green books. Green books? Yeah. I don't know what those Hank? are. Hank. Hank. John. Oh, oh, oh! The, not literally <laughs> green books, but John? books by they, Green. John is the one who's written, written the more, more novels. Henry's written one. Yeah. I own. Yeah. Henry. Hank. Hank. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I listen. I refer to him by his Christian name. <laughs> I only Henry know- Green's the Faulkner Stars. <laughs> I only know Hank Green be- specifically because he guested on a show I used to watch on YouTube a long time ago, like uh, eight years ago. <laughs> Jesus, you had to look at my calendar to figure that out. Yeah, I did. <laughs> he guested on a show that I was watching once, or I think he guested like two or three times. That's all I knew. They're not best friends anymore. (laughs) 
That that was beer and board games, which oh. is a different rancid YouTube show. Okay. Hey. Um, you know who else guested a lot on that show? What Max Temkin? Oh God. Um. So the thing the thing about Kingdom Hearts three is that bad video game. I <laughs> <laughs> so I have not played any kingdom hearts i've played birth by sleep pretty recently yeah, relatively that's recently one, that's the one to play i am and then like the... i played kingdom hearts 2 back in the day and then i've watched the rest and but i have played one kingdom hearts game in the last couple years and that kingdom hearts game is near automata <laughs> <laughs> and you are almost after big hero 6 is where i think like I think Kingdom Hearts 3 does a lot of the things that Nier Automata does better. I think calling Nier yeah. Automata a Kingdom Hearts game is an insult to both of those. That's what I want out of this comparison. I like know the big Nier Automata beat that happens. Um, but oh, like the credits? Uh, like, I mean, well, I, I guess I don't know that, but, uh, you know. <laughs> like the super late thing, You know, or? the the meta stuff with multiple players, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Union Cross stuff, yeah. I, yeah, I know about um, that. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people in our circles are down on Nier Automata in 2020, and I am... All of them are right, but I still have a great deal of affection for You know, game. the thing is, you, like, I mean, I guess I don't, maybe I'm not, like, fully into these conversations, but I know, like, Dia likes Nier Automata, so you're, like, you're in plenty, you're in plenty good company. <laughs> okay. You Dia know? liking something, like, fully justifies me that yes, <laughs> I'm <yeah>. fine. <laughs> That's, anyway, I, I apologize, Dia, if I got that wrong, but I'm, like, pretty sure that is the case. Um, I prefer so. when I'm playing a video game for... You see, stories have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and sometimes between scenes, there's like connective tissue that uh-huh. tells a story. <laughs> you mm-hmm. like Kingdom Hearts. I don't know why you're complaining about Kingdom Hearts. I'm not complaining about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Anyone who likes Kingdom I can Hearts will Kingdom complain Hearts. about Kingdom Hearts. If I wish Nero Automata is for children but i wish it was more for children i wish it was intentionally for children instead of teens you know what i mean yeah, yeah. okay i Actually, wish it yeah. was for eight-year-olds instead of 16-year-olds then I, I it would be better i don't know like i i feel like my experience with your automata was i played it and i was kind of like i get why people are really into this game but like i don't think there's like a ton ha- or like i'm not picking up what is happening here and then the end i was like oh yeah that, that was cool that was neat i like that <laughs> that was the, that was it. Uh, <laughs> so no thoughts at empty experience. I was I was extremely thought. like one of those fans in 2017, and then like two months later, I was like, no, there were a lot of problems with that. But I'm still like yeah. kind of one of those fans in my heart. Like I think it was my game of the year for 2017. Yeah, but also Ooh. 2017 was like my last good year with video games before my two year <laughs> breakdown. And then I played final fantasy eight and I'm fine again. But like, um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Played near automata. I was late. Mm-hmm. So I had heard all the like talk about it and I played it and I was like, okay. Yeah. And then I played it. Um, 
the second time. <laughs> and I was like, mm, okay. And then I played it the third time. <laughs> and I was like, what? What is that thing? The thing appeared. I don't know what thing is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I, I mean, speaking of your guitar, I also, I beat Dragon Guard earlier this month. I forgot you've been playing I'm the Dragon Guard. I'm really interested, like, distantly, but passionately <laughs> interested <laughs> in the concept of Dragon Guard. <laughs> And I don't know, uh, you know if I'm willing to dig into it, but I'm fascinated by it. So I, I hmm, I'm like trying to figure out. Dragon Guard is like, what a weird fucking game, dude. Because it's like, so I, I, I found Nier Automata, and this is like part of why I kind of just like inertia through the first like four endings. Because I think the combat's kind of boring in that game. Like, I don't think it's bad, but it just gets tedious. Yeah. Dragon Guard is like that times 10. It is like the most tedious. (laughs) Isn't it like vaguely Musou? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like... So by default, um, lower than Nier Automata. (laughs) 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 Well, I I wouldn't know, because I haven't played like games in that genre that people say are good, right? I think actually the... Here's what I will say. I think the dragon riding part is is cool and fun. I think it's fine. Um, I think that part's fine. Um, I have only ever played Hyrule Warriors, which was neat, and there's a lot of game in that disc, but yeah. I, I just never had the time to actually play through all of it. Right. And I it's just like to dunk on Musou games. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, like, it's like the platonic podcast game, right? That it's like something you can like... But here, and here's the thing, and this is actually something that I think is cool. Like, Dragon... And like, this is like a Yokotaro staple, right? It's like, oh, it puts you in the genre... That's like very empowering on its face, where you're just like killing dudes, slaughtering mm-hmm. dudes, hundreds of dudes, mm-hmm. and you're breathing fire on them, <laughs> and you're shooting miss magic one missiles. One million at them. troops. One million troops. You're killing all the troops, and then a cutscene happens, and is like, you are, you have done nothing. This affected nothing. The world is going to die, and that's like, that's that's what Dragon Guard is for like thirty hours, basically. Liquid but, snake voice, you enjoy all the killing, don't you? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like that, but it's also... Uh, I don't want to, like... Sp- the the last ending is, like, truly bad shit in, like... Uh, <laughs> oh, and, like, I, I'm probably overselling it, right? But, like, I almost stood up and cheered when, like, there's, like, a title card that shows up. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, damn. Is that, are you referring to the to the ending wherein you kind of play a rhythm game? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> That's the good shit. <laughs> it's so good. But like the thing is you have to do like so much bullshit to get and I, like also I just played Caden Lynch too. Uh for my other show. For I mean this is not my show. For other <laughs> show that I do. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you Autumn, but I am replacing you. Oh, okay. Well that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe now you can um, watch that uh, Ponyo on time. I, mean, I we haven't been scheduled to watch Ponyo yet. I mean, we were scheduled, but I'm just. Uh, <laughs> but oh, I just played Kate Lynch too. That was sorry. Yes, I was like yes. lost, and like that's a game that is like Misery Incarnate, but it has mm-hmm. actual level design and is two hours long, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, that game's good. Those. It's a cool. I mean, it's. I don't know if you'll like would like it, but I think it's an experience that is worth having. Uh, <laughs> if you like, have the, like you know, it's a pretty gross video game. Uh, well, how does one even play Kane Lynch Two in twenty twenty? Is it on? You can PC? get it on Steam. 
Yeah, it's on Steam. Okay. You can get it. You, you know, it's backwards compatible for Xbox also, so. The backwards compatibility is, like, the number one reason we talk about getting an Xbox, I feel like, because, like, if I could play Lost Odyssey alongside Abnormal Mapping, maybe it's worth it. It's not worth it, but maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, I, I guess uh, the thing is that, like, Xbox emulation is not there. Um, I mean, it's cheaper to just buy an Xbox 360 or whatever. Yeah, and honestly, like, there are I very ha- cool games that, like, are not backwards compatible to Xbox One. Um, I genuinely had not considered the fact that I could just buy a 360. <laughs> you fucking bimbo. <laughs> had not crossed my mind that if I yeah. wanted to play 360 games, I could buy a 360. Hey, listen. Um, if you buy a 360, you can get a copy of Halo Reach for $5 and we will play it together. This is my Hell yeah. Hell promise. yeah. That's or the, like whatever um, Halo you want to play. Right, when, my, when I was like in high school and... I didn't have an Xbox, but I was going over to other friends' house. Reach was my favorite. I never played yeah. any of the campaigns, but the multiplayer in Reach was my favorite. So Reach is cool. I so I played through actually yeah, there's another thing I did. I played through every mainline Halo game except four and five also recently. That's the that's the right place to stop. <laughs> yeah, well I think I am. I don't know. We'll see, because I, I got a little haloed out, uh, understandably. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I might get that crave. And go back for four and five. I'm both installed on my I Xbox. Really, I really want to so. play through all the Halo games from uh, through five and like ODST. Just I like, think, um, yeah, I think that's a. I, they're good games. Like I, I am. I think I'm more mixed on them than some folks are, but I think they're like very good shooters. I played just a ton of, of Halo One when I was a kid. That was one of my first first person shooters. Yeah, uh, I played it on my PC. I must have gotten it pretty close to when it came out on PC. Yeah, so like um, I, my vivid young gaming memories was playing the demo of oh, Halo yeah. One on Mac, which had <laughs> the silent cartographer on it. Maybe you fucking heard of it. <laughs> this is a good fucking level, <laughs> and um, it's yeah, like that. Like I have like burned into my brain, like the way that level works because of like I played it you know two or three times on my computer. Um, I yeah, it's um, good. I remember being so upset because when Halo Two was on PC, uh, it needed Vista, and we we didn't have Vista. Oh, yeah. That's the reason. Uh-huh. That's the reason I never played Halo Two because I had uh, I had Halo One on the PC, and then I didn't play Two because we didn't have Vista, and then um, I just ended up playing a bunch of Three and Reach at a friend's house. You know, I I yeah. touched Two for like. Maybe twenty minutes, I think, at a, on a Boy Scout campout. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the winter camps, we were allowed to bring video games. Um, so I might have played the first level of Halo Two and then seen the first part of the first cutscene with the Arbiter in it. But I think that's as far as I got into Halo as like a franchise. Oh, I did watch part of that anime. Right, oh, right. No, the first one, the compilation. Well, because we were also, we were talking at one point about doing a Halo book podcast called The Silent Cartographer. <laughs> <laughs> or The Podcast right, Cartographer right. or something. Uh, yeah. that, it's still a really good idea, uh, assuming that those are sort of breezy, like, bullshit books and not like... I, I think they are. I mean, I guess I don't know because I haven't read them, but like those, like Fall of Reach is like 300 something pages. It's not... Uh, it's, as long as it's not 
dense if it's like if it's like a fun i like, think light read then that that podcast idea is gold i knew someone in high school who did not read except that he read halo books and warhammer books and i don't mean this as an indictment of him i'm just saying that like I think if those are the only two books you read, you're probably reading pretty breezy books, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, Which, yeah. no shade, like, if that's what you like, you like that, then sure. Uh, you know, man. Um, Sorry, yeah, I'm I just, just thinking about... To... I, now I'm just thinking about Cole, who I know has med, read many Halo books and <laughs> Warhammer 40k books. I also... <laughs> I feel like if you read a lot of Halo books uh, and Warhammer books in high school... You're either like a communist now or a fascist. There's no yeah. middle ground on that. I don't think there are like Democrats who like Halo. I think there are Democrats who like one, but not both. <laughs> I think that might make sense. Yeah. I don't know because either because like the, the the things that like Cole like Cole and I have I've never gotten into 40k, but Cole and I have talked about it a little bit. And the way he's talked about it's basically been the way, like, I talk about Revenge of the Sith, right? <laughs> Where it's, like, about <laughs> the tragedy of, like, fascism befalling all these people, right? And, like, like about, you know, and, like, I'm like, yeah, that sounds that sounds dope. But, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of potential for that to be read very differently. And I think, I don't think Cole yeah. would say different, right? <laughs> I also think Ringtones would be a good Halo podcast name. That's good, yeah. Oh, that took me a second. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ring tomes. Um, ring tomes. Ring tomes. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the rings to Lord big. of the Rings, our Halo Books <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, you know, to be fair, the like, the like thing that controls all the rings in Halo is in a ring. It's like a, I don't know. It's like a weird four pronged island, space what? island. Thing yeah, that there's controls like a, the halo. <laughs> yeah, the, so it's the arc. It's called the arc. Oh, the arc because it's, it, hey, it's, it. it. it's, it's all because it's all a Moses. Wait, the arc of the covenant? No, the arc and the flood. Oh, yeah, that's way dumber yep. than the thing that I came up with. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's it's, it's not exactly the same, the same thing, thing, but it's the same wordplay. Yeah. I guess. I I remember um. I Master might have Chief told this. Jesus, you heard it here first. I might have told this story on the podcast before. I remember playing Halo One and my dad getting really mad because I told him the name of a level was Truth and Reconciliation, and he thought that was very disrespectful to like what was going on in South Africa. Uh, and so he wanted me to stop playing Halo One. Wait, the Ark is the Citadel. The Ark is just the Citadel. No, it... because. <laughs> It's not uh -huh. a portal for the Lovecraft monsters to come to. I wish it's a means of Lovecraft escaping. <laughs> the the it's a means of escaping the Lovecraft monsters. <laughs> Very distinct. Imagine, imagine if uh, Mass Effect just had Bloodborne monsters for Reapers. Like, imagine if they were just like actually otherworldly and not like just AIs. Also, imagine if every Reaper was different and there were only, like, 20 of them. That would be good. What if there were five? <laughs> <laughs> Mass Effect could be good. What if there was just one no, for... I think that bad. What if there was just one for each Mass Relay? Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Man. 
Writing is easy. (laughs) 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 Writing is easy when you have the finished project uh, behind you and you can just nitpick it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Halo 5, the arc theory. What is this? Oh, someone's um... built the arc in Minecraft, it looks like. No, this is not. What is this? Is the arc theory like... I, I, I don't know. Nor is just be. clicking images I, and scrolling, and I'm just like along for a ride now. Because uh, I know that like four and five is like more about the the forerunners, the forerunners. Yeah, the Prothean equivalent. Um, um I also want to posit um, ring theory as a good. It's <laughs> 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 good. Um, After every book, we judge whether or not we liked it, so we can put a ring on it. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate uh. you so much. <laughs> Listeners, just so you know, Nora is dancing in her seat. She's so proud of that one. <laughs> um I just had a I just had a thought and I totally lost I track just of it. I'm turning my desire. Oh, I wish I could read books into well, I could get into Halo lore. Hey Lore. <laughs> I th- I mean I, I both you know, there are worse things you could do with your time. Is what I will say. You can have that. a you can have a podcast where you play Mass Effect. <laughs> you can have a podcast where you read Elantris. <laughs> oh yes, I need to catch up. I read the first two chapters of Elantris and then it's stopped. I I would be very interested to hear your thoughts on this book, Grace. Yeah, I've read it before and I remember liking it and thinking or kind of being like. Most of this book is boring, but the last, like, 50 pages really, like, put the pedal to the metal. That's exactly what we predicted would happen in the episode. That's literally, like, what Tilly said today on the podcast that got me kind of back on board with this book. Because I was, like, ready to just throw the book in the trash. Because we're at, like, 150 pages and there's no plot yet. Yeah, that's, Um, hey, you got, like, I think 200 more pages of no plot (laughs) to go. uh, Which, honestly, if I was just reading the book, would be fine. I would then just, like, rate it, like, three stars on Goodreads and never think about it again. Yeah. But because we have to, like, actually, like, go through it slowly, I'm, like, just be like, Brandon, read marks. Brandon, please. (laughs) Brandon. I actually mm. now I I'm even like, has Brandon read I think Brandon's probably read Marks. I, By now I think maybe. I think he probably read Marks between the publication of Elantris and Mistborn because Mistborn is extremely a type of book that you write when you just read Marks and you're like, I fucking got this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, I don't so anyway. So uh fun fact mm-hmm. uh Brand Sanders and I went to the same university. Mm-hmm. At which he sometimes teaches creative writing. Um, I've and people I've seen leave magic cards outside his, his office classes. and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, oh, also, yeah, like his master's thesis, which is just like a novel, is oh. like in the BYU library, and I think it's like otherwise unavailable. So I like know people who have read it, like checked it out. Huh. <laughs> I'm anyway. going to Google this now because I am guarantee it's someone's it's, written about it on Coppermind, and now I'm just curious. Pro, I think it's like Dragon something. Dragon not, Steel? May, I don't know. I Dragon Steel is like the book that he's written that he's said is like, he's got to finish every other Cosmere book, and then he's going to come back and rewrite this. Oh, I want, yeah, maybe that is it then. I don't know. 
Um, yeah, yeah, it's Dragon Steel. Okay, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like my so I was in the humanities program and I TA'd humanities classes, right? And my professor, who was like, you know, who I TA'd for, who's like a cool dude, um, was like, you know, we read the Communist Manifesto in the second half of uh, humanities, like Western humanities, because turns out it's a pretty important text. You know, yeah, it turns out. Uh, but like, and, you know, he wasn't defending, being like, hey, you know, obviously, you know, he's at this conservative Christian university. He's not being like communism is good, but he's like, this is important. It has a lot of in- ideas that are like relevant and important for like texts we're going to read later. And like, you have to read it. And he was sort of like defending it. Right. And I imagine like a lot of like English and humanities professors at this school are probably like on the same wavelength to that. So That's- I can definitely imagine Brandon reading I can, yeah, stuff. I can definitely see like, him approaching it from like an academic sort of like he what not I'm gonna become a communist, but like oh here's a couple interesting ideas that I'm gonna pull out and use for like world building in my fiction. You know, right. I think I think he has a basic understanding of historical materialism by the time he writes Mistborn, which is a <laughs> yeah, weird yeah. thing to say that I keep saying on every episode of Ars Arcanum. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I mean, I guess it's, I've read Mistborn also, uh, it's been a while, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like, even from my memory of that book, it's, like, pretty obvious how it's dealing with, like, there's a lot of class stuff, the book's about class, like, very explicitly. It, so, it's just, you know. it's just about that in, like, a very real way, and it's, yeah. and then it's just awful to go back to, go backward in time <laughs> to Elantris, and he clearly doesn't have that yet, he doesn't yeah, do have you, that do language, because he reading, keeps... Uh, are you reading ebook or do you have a physical copy of it? Um, I have an audiobook. Nora okay. has a physical copy of the 10th anniversary edition, which has okay, got some the 10th updates that changes things. <laughs> like instead of uh, Jindoese, people are referred to as Jindo, which mm. is a, a good positive uh, change yeah. because otherwise, I mean, it's still extremely Orientalist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go figure. Do we know? This is like dark knowledge. Do we know where Brandon Sanderson served his LDS mission? Is that yes, no yes. knowledge? Yeah, let me get the... Yeah, I was literally about to go grab the book because in Emperor's Soul, he literally... Emperor's Soul is a pre-Orientalist book that I like. Um, <laughs> that was a weird way to phrase that, but... Um... <laughs> no, we get it. We all listen. But I like Star Wars writes... and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's very Orientalist and he writes in the back this like afterward about like his mission and like things that he saw and how he drew on them for um is oh, this so okay. you like yeah nora is reading it right now i can't remember okay. i think he's mentioned some mission work in china and south korea i can't recall so though. yeah i uh, it says here that he visited taiwan recently okay uh, talks a lot about chinese history I lived for two uh, years in Korea as an LDS missionary. Okay, yeah, so Korea would be the place. Yeah, it's like the way mission works in Mormonism, or at least like the like most mainstream branch, because mm-hmm. uh, you know there's a lot of different offshoots. Um, but uh, is like you go if you're well, yeah. It's, it's also yeah, if you're a woman, you go for eighteen months. But if you're a guy, you go for two years. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and, Can I just read a little quote real quick? Yeah, just yeah. Go ahead. The story. This was near the end of the. Uh, was it the afterward? The postscript. The story grew from that starting place. As the magic aligned a great deal with the system I'd been developing for Cell, the world where Elantris takes place, I set the story out. 
set the story there. Parentheses. I also had based several cultures there on our world Asian cultures, so it fit wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> you can't always write what you know, not exactly what you know. You can, however, write what you see. Oh, God. <laughs> it's Emperor's Soul is a remarkably good book and also very racist. <laughs> oh god. Well, I mean I, think I just think that's like that's pretty And the thing I, they're you know, that's pretty par for the course, I think, for, for white folks going to far off yeah. lands and coming back, you know. I think this was published in two thousand nine, maybe? That sounds right. Oh, uh, postscript 2012, copyright 2012. But the okay. cover art copyright 2009. Well, I don't fucking know. Unless that. they took it from some other thing, like it wasn't commissioned before this book. That's quite. I possible. could see that. Uh, also, I have a signed copy of this book. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I could probably. I'm like. Hmm. I could probably get you side Brandon Sanderson books very easily because I think he signs <laughs> books at the BYU I, bookstore pretty regularly. Uh, so, I had friends who made it uh, a point whenever he was in California to go uh, get their books signed and everything. Yeah, he's been doing uh, YouTube live streams of like him signing copies of the new uh, Stormlight book, and I think on Arc- Arcanum today, I decided that I was going to email in and ask him um, if he was in debate club in high school because I feel like he was. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah sure I you know I couldn't say, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm happy to be on the it is like I don't know it's some real like circle of life shit because I was like going going to you know the school and like. And like going to high school and all these cis boys were telling me to read <laughs> Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> and now I'm like in a totally different universe. All these trans women tell me to read Brandon Sanderson. It's great. I'm happy to have like come full circle. It do be like that though. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's good. I'm like, I'm, I'm very happy about it. It was like not Brandon Sanderson was something I thought I had left behind and like it came back into my life and I'm, I'm glad like it's good. <laughs> I don't get to hold on to everything like that, you know? So. <laughs> All I did was say, oh, this is a pretty good book, and handed Autumn Emperor's Soul one time. I wasn't trying to get them into Sanderson. <laughs> and then it just spread from there. And we- <laughs> it was a fucking virus. <laughs> That's how it happens. Like, I mean, I yeah, like, my brother's copies of Mistborn got, like, torn in half from how much he, like, spread them around. <laughs> you know this is just what happens with brandon sanderson books it's like it's the curse it's also I, he's converting us just like Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> it's also just like i think it's an interesting little function of like like we all hang out on like locked Twitter accounts a lot you know and i think yeah. it's just a function of having a tight-knit group that if one of you reads a book then maybe one other person's going to read a book, and now all of you have read this book. Yes, for sure. Which right? is also how Umineko is spreading like a plague. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think I said on Arcanum today that I have just resolved myself to play Umineko now. <laughs> I, you know, the thing is, I, I don't know. I'm in like a you know, there's different crowds, like not really AM folks that I'm that I'm with, and like they love Umineko too. <laughs> I'm in a Discord. I'm in a Discord chat with like five people. And mm-hmm. in this channel, there is an Umineko channel. So, <laughs> in this Discord server. So, you know, people like it. And it's probably good. 
it That's seems good. I, I go. This happens to me so much where, um, I get interested in a thing, and then like I'm kind of slow to get to it, and then like it gets overhyped for me, and I'm I get overhyped very easily to where like. I know that if I play it, I'm going to go in there with, like, the wrong expectations and not like things. Yeah. Um, and I think I've come around finally to just, like, I don't know, I'll probably really enjoy it, you know? Right. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that's... probably just be a thing I enjoy. <laughs> I went through a very similar arc with Hades uh, lately, because, like, I'm way... I'm waiting to get to that side of Hades, because right now I'm still in just the, like, everybody's annoying me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I know I'll like it. I like roguelikes. I just like. <laughs> right. I don't know what it. And maybe it's like. Like I. I maybe it's just that people are saying like this game does things that no game's ever done. But I can like name games that have done similar things. Yes. Right. That is the thing that's um, driving me insane. <laughs> but I, I. I don't know. Cause like. Cause in theory, it's like a bunch of people talking about this thing that seem seems cool. And like you know, I like Greek mythology plenty. You know, mm. I will yell at you about the Iliad any day of the week. Like, this is, <laughs> you know, this is who I am. Like, I, it's fine. I like big mythic hero. Like, I like, you know, I like big guys with swords who are, like, vaguely gay fighting each other. It's like what Star Wars is to me. <laughs> you know? oh, I was going to say Advent Children. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I, I'm sure I will have a good time with Hades. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't doubt it. But it's just like the, yeah, I don't know. It's been like, I, kind of frustrating. I think that's exactly the thing of just like, people are saying no game has ever done this before. No roguelike. And like, I can name super giant games that have done some of the things that people are saying. Yeah. Like, well, like Pyre was also I like, like super giant games a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, like Pyre was also a game like, which I haven't finished, um, which I should do some time but like that's a game that's like interested in failure as like a means of communicating story right mm-hmm. and like so is and like so is hades and like so is pathologic 2 a game <laughs> a game that the games press seems to have like dismissed and passed on which makes me so mad even though i know they wouldn't like it because they're all morons <laughs> i never so would have known that because everyone around me is constantly talking about pathologic <laughs> i know but it's like you're in the right crowd is the thing because like like if you and he's like anyway it's just dire because like so so rock paper shotgun quentin smith wrote like mm. the piece you know for rock paper shotgun back in the day that broke the original pathologic like to america right to america in the uk um pathology 2 comes out and they give it like a six and someone's being like yeah this game's kind of hard bro <laughs> and like that's it <laughs> right like that's the substance of that review it's just dire <sighs> anyway, I'm so I apologies if like by some strange opinion. coincidence the person who wrote that review lists this podcast. I'm sure you're a lovely person. You have bad takes about pathologic too. <laughs> They're bad. We're gonna play it for it. journal updated eventually. Uh yeah. I don't ex I, I don't expect to like it, but I'm gonna give it a shot. I think uh I don't know. It's it's tough because it's it's a game that's like intentionally hostile. And I think it the thing is it's way more interesting with that stuff and layered with it that something like Dragon Guard is. Or even Kane Lynch 2, which is still just like a game that hates you. Or like that's not what Path Pat- is not a game that hates you. It's a game that's like this is the re- it's like this is the material reality of the situation and like you can't get out of it easily. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be hungry all the time. 
Right. Um, oh, look, Minecraft. I got it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a very brief, interesting conversation on my Resident Evil stream about like Resident Evil is a Resident Evil One at the very least is a game that is very unkind to you. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, and like. I my first thought was like oh it's like Dark Souls and then I was like actually I think Dark Souls like fundamentally wants you to do well I just think yeah. it also wants to be a dick about it sometimes <laughs> I don't think it's mean in the way that sometimes Resident Evil One can be like mean to you yeah how many archers are in uh, Resident Evil well okay yeah sometimes <laughs> you just have to run along like a stupid little fucking like. What's that bullshit in Anor Orlando where you have to run along a path that's like this wide and then there's a guy who shoots there's an arrow? Two guys. There's two, two guys, guys that yeah. shoot. There's actually arrow. three, but the first one's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. That um I, I think I don't know, it's tricky because I think also like Dark Souls gives you a lot of tools to circumvent that stuff. Right? That like you can always sort of leave and level up and regroup, right? Mm-hmm. Um Whereas I think like that's Resident Evil, why... the stakes are a little bit higher. In some ways, at least in like yeah. the immediate sense, right? Um, because in Resident Evil, like you are always using, well, not always, because like zombies generally stay dead, not always, but generally stay dead. But you're kind of always using resources, mm-hmm. and you know in the back of your mind that these are limited resources. Whereas yeah. I don't think there are resources that are very difficult to get more of in Dark Souls. It's just different. It's completely different because Dark Souls isn't about resources. It's about execution. No. Mm-hmm. And the gulf between low or standard execution and masterful execution in Dark Souls is a much bigger scale than it is in Resident Evil. Yeah, That's Resident Evil is, a, I mean, like, is a, and like Dark Souls is, I mean, in the way that any game is, like, it's, but Resident Evil is especially a game about knowledge. Like, if you know where everything is in that game and, like, where the enemies are, and yada yada, then like you can just zip through it, right? It's all about mm. the fact that you don't know, and like the the fixed camera angles play into that too, right? Where it's like you can't, you literally cannot see everything. You are obscured, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of what. But makes I can it I can know every attack that Flame Lurker is going to do. That doesn't mean that Flame Lurker is going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> no, right? It's yeah, like it's it doesn't that knowledge doesn't necessarily transfer to like the physical act of playing the game in the way. Yeah. I think it does a little, at least a little more neatly to resonate. Well, and I, I, I think that sometimes I also can be one of those people who's like, Dark Souls is not easy. Dark Souls is an easy game because I have just forgotten the like initial 30 hours of just like struggle and like, what the fuck is happening? I think you also have just a different perspective of what a hard game is because you were telling me yesterday that Minecraft was too hard. Minecraft is too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft uh, is way too hard and it made me very unhappy <laughs> because you can just fall and die. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about Demon's Souls. <laughs> My, okay, so... I got it really into Minecraft for the first time because I have owned this game since 2013. I have the first time I played Minecraft, it was a browser game, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and like I have never gotten into it until literally yesterday. Um, and it was after a great deal of struggle because like I just like I loaded in, and you just 
you're just there and you just have to figure out what you want to do and yeah. it feels impossible because the game <laughs> doesn't say anything to you and it feels like very hard and then it's night and there's eight zombies and you die and you're just like well now i have nothing and it sucks <laughs> yeah no we've i think that is a like... weird arc because we're like <clears throat> we haven't played since alpha or beta yeah like when i was playing there wasn't a health bar right um, yeah like that's how long it's been since either Nora and i even tried minecraft yeah i feel I like remember... when i played there was a health bar i think it was beta i don't know anyway continue i, I remember you could sw switch between creative or survival mode but mm -hmm. uh all that really changed was whether or not you had infinite blocks and there were no enemies i think there are more differences now yeah there's hunger there's <clears throat> life there's armor yeah Hunger was like a. I think I played the last time I played. They had added hunger because I also got the like 360 version that had, um, like split screen multiplayer. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, which is cool. But I kind of wish that because now, so I tweeted because I like got owned again. Um, and I tweeted Minecraft is too hard, and I like told Molly like I'm quitting. I'm not even gonna bother with this. And then I decided to log in again, and, like, it was just, like, the third or fourth time was the charm, and I just, I have my little house, I have a, a chicken coop, I have, like, a, a chicken little, what? A chicken coop? A chicken coop? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a, a pen with some sheep in it, and a wheat farm, and I've just, like, just become a person who plays Minecraft now, and I, I think the thought that I was having last night was that after playing like i wonder if maybe because the thing that got me interested was watching ina the vtuber play it and mm -hmm. she was just farming and i was like oh you can farm in minecraft um and i wonder if maybe my heart was open to minecraft because i really didn't like animal crossing new horizons and i needed a life sim in my i like had opened my heart to a new life sim and New Horizons, like, just profoundly disappointed me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So I, I I feel like there's more to think about with that, because now I'm also like, what if I got really into Rune Factory? <laughs> yeah, Rune Factory, I will say, Rune Factory is cool. Like that's Rune Factory neat. looks cool. It's I, I... You go. Uh, I've, I've only played the first one, uh, so it's been a little while. But I think that game is cool, and it's like... Um, and it's also, as someone who, like, started uh stardew valley farm with a dear friend it's better than stardew valley <laughs> so you know so i think there's like uh yeah i don't know it's so fun my, my first thought when i was like maybe i should just try a for real life sim game last night was oh maybe i'll take another swing at stardew valley and i had this i immediately pushed back on that in my head because one i played about an hour of stardew valley and I just don't like the visuals in that game, even a little bit. Yeah. I don't like... I think the character portraits are really bad, and it just feels like I'm not going to play that game if I don't like the character portraits. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's... Like, that's weirdly the thing with it is, like... I, it's just, like, hard to put exact finger on. This is part of what bothered me about New Horizons, even though it still has... Like, I, I, I feel like a good life sim has to have a little bit of an edge. 
right? Yeah. And, like, in Rune Factory, there are, like, war orphan children who are villagers in the town, right? Who are, like, <laughs> recovered from the, you know, like, babies recovered from the <clears throat> field of battle, like, raised outside of their homeland. Like, real, like, fantasy-ass fantasy shit, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, that implies a lot of darkness to this world that you're, like, not in, right? And, like, mm-hmm. I think, like, um, Stardew Valley, just, like, the the evil darkness in Stardew Valley is just capitalism, which you are constantly supporting by, like, what you were doing in that video game. Like, the game is about maximizing profit, right? In a re- Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, there's not, it doesn't have hard edges in the way that I would like a life sim to. And that's, I'm not talking about, like, I think it can be pleasant to play. Right. But I think it's just, I, I want there to be like a little bit of like darkness there. And I think that when makes I hear the people, like comfort of it so much more interesting to me. Right. When I hear people talk about the things that they like in Stardew Valley, it feels like they are optimizing their perfect little engine, which is a, a fine thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a thing that new horizons wants you to do is it wants you to optimize your town the thing that so powerfully captured me about New Leaf was that, like, I just lived here. I put my house down, and if I really wanted to invest some resources, I could move it. And if I really wanted to invest some resources, I could build a new bridge. But the river is still there, and it's always kind of annoying the spot that it's in. And, like, mm-hmm. there's just not much I can do about that. And that, like... I just need that little bit, that tiny bit of friction to make it feel like, um, like there's a point to this because I don't, I don't want to optimize an engine. I want to go to like a cozy little place, you know? Right. And I guess this is sort of the thing like with Rune Factory is that there's not a lot of like the customization stuff that's in Animal Crossing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it is much more straightforwardly like about farming, and in some ways about like optimizing right but i think the way that happens is really slow and there's also just like less stuff and also there's like dungeons right so there's a dungeon um, a lot of dungeons and so there's like stuff in the world that's like pushing back against you um i don't know like i i'm i'm maybe like it's been a while since i played rune factory and i never actually finished it um but i think like i think that game has like stuff in it that is like and the thing is there's also like class dynamics in the town i'm not saying it like deals with this in a really profound way right but there's like the rich people right and there's like Mm -hmm. tensions between the rich people and like other people in the town there's like a real sense of like uh community and like or like there's like one kid who like wants to quit being a farmer and like leave this town finally and his parents are like oh i can't deal with that right and like i guess that stuff's in stardew but it just feels so flat and formulaic and like rune factory gave it just enough life that I think it ends up working or at least feeling better to me than Stardew does. Um, But it's not like it's like a perfectly written game or anything, you know? (laughs) All I know about Stardew Valley is that Patrick Lippick article about the modder who scheduled jerk off schedules for characters. (laughs) I read that. (laughs) This is also (laughs) just, just as like a throwback. Um, that was from February 2017. Oh Christ! Oh, I would have guessed. I would have guessed late 2019. <laughs> I would have thought. Oh yeah, that was pretty recent. Oh God! 
This is another thing is that like sometimes I'll see articles about a um like oh here's an interesting Stardew Valley mod and I I think maybe I'm just too bore boring of a person to ever really get into modding a game like I have played Elder Scrolls games since I was 11 and I've never gotten into modding them like I'm just mm-hmm. a fundamentally boring person who wants the game to be the game <laughs> No I think I think that's fine I think that's very reasonable I do like sometimes I like look wistfully off into the distance and it's like what if I bought Skyrim and then like installed a bunch of mods so I'm just like a farmer in Skyrim, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and play that game. And like, the thing is, I probably like, in terms of like, in time of investment and like joy output from that, it's probably pretty, pretty bad ratio. Honestly, <laughs> but I do think about it sometimes. What if um, instead you made a character in Skyrim, and then in your head, as you did boring random like Skyrim quests, you were like building a mythology of your character in your head that was yeah, cooler see, than what was in the game. I would love to do that. I think the ability to do that has been, like, lost on me. Especially, like, in a game mm-hmm. that gives you so little to work with, like Skyrim does. Uh, I can't even... In 2020, nine years removed from Skyrim, uh, I I first bought Morrowind when I was 11. Like, I can't really tell you what it is that I enjoy about an Elder Scrolls game anymore, I just know that, like, Morrowind and Skyrim are, like, two of my favorite games, but I couldn't tell you, like, what it is that I'm, like, putting in and getting out of them anymore. Yeah. How do you feel about Oblivion? Oblivion's <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's fine. You see, it's funny because, um, I think I've spent more time with Daggerfall than with Oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me too, but I've never played Oblivion, so. Played about it. I, I have a... I have a theory of oblivion, which is that that's that's a coheed lyric. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about oblivion is that they took off all the rough edges, um, so it's not as interesting as Skyrim. Or it, they took off all the re- rough edges, so it's not as interesting as Morrowind. But then Skyrim takes all the rough edges off of oblivion. And makes it interesting again because it's now just like this perfectly oiled machine that just like you just hum and do adventures and like yeah. fucking nothing happens and it's well, perfect. I, think, I mean, I think that's the thing is sometimes you just want the numbers to go up and there's like, you know, that's just that's just human stuff. That's just playing. Oblivion is neither is neither weird enough nor boring enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I played yeah. Skyrim with a partner. Who like knew the game really well, <clears throat> so I was doing stuff, and they were like commenting on it as I was playing it, and I just sort of stopped after I breached what I felt was like one I had to leave because I was only visiting, uh, and two I it, it was just a, I went through an arc, I got married to a vampire, and then it was over, and then the story ended. Yeah. I never once did anything for the main quest. I just fucked off to magic school. <laughs> I have never finished a main quest in an Elder Scrolls game. Once again, I have been playing them for 13 years. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, yeah, like, again, that's, like, something that the game allows for. Eventually, um, we're going to play something Elder Scrolls on Journal Updated. By God. What if you I... just played whatever the new one is? Like, whenever in Elder six Scrolls years? 6 comes out. It's been nine years. Surely they're going to make another. They just got bought by Microsoft. They haven't started it. They had a title. They had <laughs> part. They had a franchise logo on some <laughs> trees. I mean, like that was a couple years, years ago. ago. So maybe I have to believe on some level 
that <clears throat> like Microsoft is planning some big event where they roll out Elder Scrolls Six along with the new Xboxes. No, what you they're know? gonna do is they're gonna put Morrowind on the Xbox Series X. Hell yes. They're going to ruin it, and I'm going to enjoy every moment of it. They're going to do, like, Morrowind HD. Yeah. They're going to remaster it, put new lighting in. Yeah, they're going to ruin it. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) I want nothing more than for the Bethesda of 2020 to ruin my favorite game. I don't know what's (laughs) wrong with that. All right, so I'm just looking here. Arena 94, Daggerfall 96, Morrowind 02, Oblivion 06, Skyrim 11. That's... That's a very different timetable than... Yeah. Well, these games blew up in scale. Yeah. But what if they blew down? Well, that's actually... The thing is, I think... I might be talking out my ass, but I think the map in Skyrim is smaller than in Morrowind. It's... That might be true. It might be smaller than the one in Oblivion or something. Right. Oblivion, I remember having a kind of too big map, too. Yeah, the thing is that, like... um, I mean, nothing's nothing's you know nothing's bigger than Daggerfall because it's like ninety nine percent randomly generated. It's like the size of Britain or whatever. <laughs> but um, which is anyway. Sorry, that's just like I understand why you would do that as like an exercise, but like that's got to be a miserable game <laughs> to play. <laughs> I was thinking if they wanted to do something new and innovative in uh, in the next Elder Scrolls then what they should do is they should um, make Skyrim Yakuza and just make, like, one big area that's not, like, really big, but it's, like, really dense and interconnected and, like... Yeah. But like you're doing one, fantasy adventures Fantasy adventures, of... but it's, like, one town. Yeah. yeah. And you go to the tavern and you play Nine Men Morris with the guy there or whatever. That sounds sure, great. Gwent. That would That would also maybe really work for a Zelda game. I mean, yeah. I guess maybe that's kind of Majora's Mask. Sort I was of. literally about to say, like, have I just invented Majora's Mask? Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I was literally about to say, like, what if there's one town and like all the dungeons are kind of spokes on a wheel coming out of that town? And I realized that I had come up with Majora's Mask. <laughs> I have a list here of Elder Scrolls games ranked by size of map. Okay. Oh, okay. Number seven, Elder Scrolls Adventures, Red Guard. Okay. It's okay. level-based. <laughs> Number six, Morrowind, 16 kilometers. Okay. Okay. Number five, Skyrim, 37 kilometers. Weesh. Still over double. Number four, Olivian, 41 kilometers. Olivian? What? <laughs> you said Olivian. Instead of Olivian. You said Olivian. <laughs> Elder Scrolls Online, around 400 kilometers. Oh, fuck off. That doesn't count. That's number three. (laughs) That doesn't count. Number two. Arena, unconfirmed, supposedly 9,656,064 kilometers. What? (laughs) Is this like Minecraft shit? Or like, what's going on? With Arena? Uh, yeah, how do they do that? Players have tried walking from one town to another to measure distance, but the game seems to loop the same terrain infinitely when a player walks too far from a town. Oh. Do this long enough and the game begins to break. Cities do not have cities do have unique play space, however, but there's no way it adds up to exceed our final entry on this list. Mm-hmm. Number one, Daggerfall, 161,600. 
huh. kilometers. Yeah. But that's like mostly random. Uh. Yeah. Well, and also like. Of... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. The size of both Arena and Daggerfall is thanks to its usage of procedural generation. Everything from the environment to quests is randomly generated. Archaic dungeons and sometimes impossible quests are also the results of this. But the large sandbox Bethesda made with Daggerfall is hard to beat. This game lives up to the Elder Scrolls mantra of live another life. Is that a mantra for Elder Scrolls? I guess so. Uh, Better than any other game in the series. Players can buy houses, join guilds, obtain bank loans, own entire boats, and even settle legal issues in court. It lacks the polish or compelling narrative of future games, but the sandbox it provides is near limitless. Thank you, uh, GameRant.com. Thank you, GameRant.com. All that did is convince me I should spend more time playing Caves of Cud. <laughs> I, think that's the, I think that's a good response. I should play the Caves part, of Cud. The part where there's no narrative... To, uh, to pick at at all. I mean, I, that's every Elder Scrolls, I guess. I I I swear there is in Daggerfall, though. I swear there's a main quest. Like, I remember looking up walkthroughs for it. I remember playing it and having the first part be, like, a little dungeon, and I had a sword, and I stabbed a skeleton. Yeah, and I it has, like, that. the mouse, map-to-mouse movement, so you, like, swing your sword left to right. Oh, the mouse. I think so. Yeah. What is? I don't even know graphically. Like, what does Daggerfall look like? <laughs> okay, it's kinda... picture Elder Scrolls, but sprites. Yeah, it's kind of like Doom, actually. Except not. It doesn't look as good. I'm not saying yeah, it looks yeah, as good as Doom, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's like the similar. Oh, vibe. okay. Yeah. I might download this. This looks kind of neat. I still kind of fundamentally believe maybe I should just play. Um, that's a cool looking spider. Um. Uh, <laughs> Those are hey, words look, I somebody, never thought you would say. <laughs> somebody ruined uh, Daggerfall. I gotta send this to you, Grace. I'm gonna drop this in the export Discord real quick. Okay. Um, the export audio channel. Someone has modded like 2019 oh, lighting and shit. God. <laughs> if this was a Kickstarter video game, though, that I would, I would play this if this was a kickstarter video game this would be kind of neat but just like doing this to daggerfall feels weird yeah i mean i you know nintendo hire this man (laughs) like (laughs) 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 like i get it i just uh yeah i I mean like i don't i don't i don't look at 1996 what a what a man when did Doom come out? 93. 93. Yeah. Um, Man, what a... Look at Hexen. What's Hexen look like? I don't know. I played a little bit of Doom this week. That game's really fucking good. Um, Doom's great. Uh, oh, Hexen like... looks neat. I it's should like... play... Oh, it's ahead, literally uh, in the same engine as Doom. It's just like a fantasy but in like sort of a metal album cover oh yeah i've heard of this game for sure i should look up like i don't know i've played a little bit of it and it seemed to be like pretty much like similar pacing to doom maybe i've now just come away from this like maybe i should play hexen maybe i should play caves of cud maybe i should play daggerfall maybe i should play kingsfield (laughs) you know Mm. What if you played Rogue? That's coming to Steam soon. Yeah. I heard about that. That's neat. I'm not doing that. I'm not playing it, but that's neat. <laughs> I maybe should play NetHack again. That was the... 
I feel like yeah. I feel like if you want to play rogue, you should probably play net hack. Um, or you know, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it. Shemson the Wanderer. Uh, Sheeran the Wanderer. Sheeran, that's right. I knew that. God. Um, I feel like maybe if you want to play Sheeran the Wanderer, you should play the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games, just because like I feel like that is a very warm and like those are very good games that no one talks about <laughs> yeah maybe i i just don't know if like i don't know I, if i can ever get into pokemon again like i was really into it as a kid but you didn't play the games i, I think that ship so i don't know much about sheer and the wanderer i assume oh am i sorry i i interrupted you because i did <laughs> oh no you're good um I assume like the Sheer and the Wanderer games are more difficult, but that's maybe like not the thing that I want. I just really like the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon oh, yeah. games. There's I mean, also a there's Pokemon. a Chocobo Mystery Dungeon game too. Yes, Dude. yeah. There once out for I think it came out for Switch. They did a remaster. Yeah, because it was Switch. originally for the PS one or two, and then it came out on the PS three, and then it's come out on the Switch pretty recently and the PS four. Like mm. it's just the sort of game that like they just keep porting, which is weird because I don't. It's Man, Chocobo put, Mystery Dungeon. It must be big in Japan or something. Put Feet Rhythm on Switch. I, mean, I should just buy it that on the but That would fucking own. I should I should play Theat Rhythm at some point. Yeah, I've never too. played one of those. I would, Didn't I they would make like one for Final Dragon Fantasy Quest? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you're going to make that... You're going to make a Kingdom Hearts Rhythm game. <laughs> put a, what is... Make a give me the rhythm game with the Square franchise that has good music. <laughs> oh, Chrono Trigger! <laughs> Chrono Trigger theater rhythm. <laughs> I think actually, I think there are like I think there's one Chrono Trigger song in one of the theater rhythms. I'm not 100 percent on that, but well, that's how many that Nobuo Matsu wrote for Chrono Trigger. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm being I I like some of the music in Kingdom Hearts. Fine, I just think most of it is intolerable. <laughs> Did they do? Um, what um, what is in that melodies of memory? Is it Disney songs or is it like it's Yoko it's, Shimomura? Yeah, it's Shimomura songs. It's like Kingdom Hearts songs. That like sounds a, fine. A Jackson posted a clip of it, um, or er, like earlier this week. And it was like the, it was like Sleeping Beauty stuff from Birth by Sleep. And it's just that theme. It's just the Sleeping Beauty Birth by Sleep theme. That oh. memorable song, the ambient music of playing in the, the level of the Disney level. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know. People really like the Kingdom Hearts soundtracks and I just don't. I'm sorry if, if this is, if this is anyone out there, but like, I just don't, I don't understand you. Go with God. But like I will never be there. It's like sometimes it's okay. <laughs> like and like I'm not. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to be like I would like to like it. I just don't. It just doesn't do a lot for me. Um, and sometimes uh, it's terrible. Like if you listen couple... to the pirates theme from Kingdom Hearts two, it's the worst. <laughs> like I like the Roxas theme. Yeah. I like the Shion theme. Yeah, me too. Um, I. I feel like Yoko Shimomura owes me damages for what Traverse Town has done to my brain. <laughs> yeah, 
this the thing is Trevor's Town has done this to a lot of people's brains because like my wife who's never played a Kingdom Hearts game really but like grew up with her brother playing them just like you know has the the Trevor's Town theme burned into her brain it's just inescapable I don't know the Twilight Town theme off the top of my head, but I'm sure that if I heard two notes of it, I would be like, oh, yes, okay, there it is. <laughs> I, I like the Twilight Town theme. Like, I, the thing is, it's like, I'm anything with Roxas and Kingdom Hearts will, like, mess me up. Like, yeah. there's a part in the Big Hero 6 world of Kingdom Hearts 3 where Sora's eating ice cream with, like, two of the, you know, Big Hero mm-hmm. 6 people. I think it's Hero and somebody else. And I forgot one of them named Hero. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and then he like thinks about Roxas, and I was like, "Damn, I'm like crying right now." <laughs> so <laughs> crying at the club, crying just thinking club. about Roxas. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't know. It's like I I don't cry a lot, but it's like a few things can do this to me. Like thinking about Ahsoka will do this to me. Think about Roxas will do this to me. <laughs> Those are like the two things. Thinking uh, about Roxas and Ahsoka hanging out. No, oh, that would be good. Absolutely not. God. <laughs> Star- like, I-, I know there are people who are like, oh, yeah, Star Wars would be fun in Kingdom Hearts. Never. I never want the two to touch ever. It would be unbearable. It'd be terrible. I don't want them to touch. But, but if they had to, I think putting in Clone Wars would be the best way to do it, maybe. No. <sighs> the thing what is, if, okay. What if you helped? What if the Star Wars world was the Death Star? And you helped rescue Leia. What if that was the level? That would be fine. I I, I just... The, the thing is that... I don't... So, here's, here's the thing. This is like headcanon shit about Star Wars, right? I don't mm-hmm. think there's a light and dark side of the Force. I think that's that shit people make up to, like, explain something that is inexplainable. Like, the Force doesn't really make sense to anyone... And they're trying to, like, figure out how it works. And so they, like, describe stuff that happens with it, right? But that's not, like, real. And mm-hmm. I understand that that's not what the canon would say. for like, flip, you know, bought a book. But mm-hmm. I don't care. That's, like, what it is in my head. But, like, in Kingdom Hearts, where light and darkness are, like, physical things in the world. They're, like, <laughs> ontological things. It's, like, that instantly gets into Star Wars shit that I just have have trouble tolerating. Right? Well... So if you bought like, a Star Wars book, it would say, yes, there's a light side and a dark side. But every, like, eight, seven or eight years, somebody writes a book or makes a game where one character kind of is like, but what if maybe there isn't? And then uh, <laughs> yeah. that character is also just the biggest fool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so to be clear, I, I think there is good and evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not out here arguing... And I also maybe, you know, like, I'm not sure you could lose, use force lightning if you're a good person. Seems like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I need to jumpstart my buddy's car. <laughs> I also like there were some interpretations that I've heard that force lightning isn't literal lightning. It's just like magic energy that causes pain, but it isn't literally like, it doesn't interact with matter as lightning or electricity at oh, all. Oh, Cyclops' concussion beams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's, I, don't know I mean, that's sure. Real or not. I don't think it... I think that's a kind of... I think doesn't matter. I don't really care what the Empire shoot... The Emperor shooting out of his hands. 
Unless it's fat wads for me and my friends. <laughs> of cash. Yeah, you can't just say fat wads, dog. <laughs> yeah, can- yeah, canceling the emperor and telling him to pay up, pay damages. <laughs> Credits will be fine. I would be fine with the empire if the, if Palpatine put money in my bank account. <laughs> the Mara Jade story. Um. <laughs> I still... I need to just... I think I need to just dive into reading uh, Star Wars books next year. Yeah, I'm... I'm working on some stuff. I yeah. think even independently of you working on some stuff, because, like, last year, I was so dead set on, like, this is a year I'm going to get into the EU, and then Rise of Skywalker just killed all my enthusiasm <laughs> for Star Wars forever. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I can rediscover it this year. I can just forget that Rise of Skywalker exists and rediscover. Is, I find it's a pretty easy movie to forget it exists. I honestly, I can only tell you one, I can tell you two plot points about it, and they're the very first thing that happens and the very last thing that happens. (laughs) What a time at the cinema. Um, The the wild thing about Rise of Skywalker is that when I was in the movie theater, I was having a good time. It's the moment after I stepped out and started thinking about anything that happened that I was like... (laughs) Oh, oh, none of that was fun. I have been disappointed by movies twice in my life. Okay. <laughs> this is a grim pronouncement. Uh, Rise of Skywalker and Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. <laughs> Damn. I I feel like I've been disappointed by movies more. I remember, The first one I remember being disappointed by was D-War uh, or Dragon Wars. Yes. Um. Which my friends and I were hyped for because we were promised that dragons would fight each other, but dragons fighting each other really wasn't in the special effects budget. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes it's like that, you know, I, I, uh, this dragons fighting is not my special effects budget. Uh, No. (laughs) Um, man, it's too bad. Um, Should we... Oh, you go, you go. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I've got more bullshit. I've been reading Stephen King. Oh, okay. Tell me about Stephen King, because I'm a little behind on just King things. I've yeah. listened so to the I guess episodes. I'm, I'm reading, I haven't read the books. I'm reading Night Shift now, and I've read uh, Carrie and Salem's Lot and The Shining, mm-hmm. uh, all of which I I basically liked to some to lesser or more degrees. I um, liked Carrie. I loved Salem's Lot. I'm curious about The Shining. That's where that's the last yeah, one. Yeah, The read, Shining is like uh, Shining is the most is a I mean, it's a very frustrating book to me because mm-hmm. when it is like a haunted house story about class, it's like it's fucking scary as hell. It's real <laughs> good and like I'm into it and then it's like now we're going to talk about alcoholism and abuse and I'm like please don't. <laughs> I would prefer <laughs> you not to. <laughs> um, this is this Ugh. is remarkably similar to the stuff that I liked about Salem's Lot and didn't like about Salem's <laughs> yes. Lot. Yes, I mean, I think, and this is like the thing is like, I, I think reading Stephen King, it's like, and like also like the introduction of Night Shift, he kind of lays out like, this is what I think horror is. And I was like, the whole time I was reading, I was like, bro, I'm like, what? 
Okay. This is, you think things are scary that I, that like, or maybe are scary, but not are like my top list of scary things. <laughs> you know, um, he's like, I mean, basically he's like every, every human is the ultimate fear of death. And like, that's where all horror draws from. And I'm like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> like i understand that but also like i don't have you seen twin peaks Firewalk with me death is not the scary thing in that movie <laughs> <laughs> or like i mean even even like resident evil one is like a movie about not dying and that being scary right um i haven't i have not seen any of the resident evil movies oh so. you should watch they're good i everybody's convinced me as i think it was jackson's like if you've come around on liking fast of the furious you should come around on resident yeah. evil no 100%. nora nora i see the face you're making everybody had convinced me that those movies are worth watching it was just jackson's tweet that was finally like okay i will watch them i did a podcast on it is it a good podcast? podcast on it yeah yeah <laughs> when did you do a podcast about it like, like six months ago oh shit i forgot (laughs) i'm sorry i love you i'm sorry podcast Mm. um but yeah it's a good movie um it's a good movie excited for the the sequel (laughs) yeah the sequel's uh it's all right it's it's not as good but it is very fun yeah but the monsters look pretty neat yeah there's yeah there's there's nemesis and a a big rubber suit And he's, and he looks, I mean, it looks bad, but it also looks good, if you know what I mean. No, the sequel is not out yet. It's coming out in theaters later this year. Oh, right. I got you. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) This is dumb. This joke is dumb. (laughs) What is the next, what's the end of the trilogy? What, what property do you? So Resident Evil, and then you do. Monster Hunter. You do six Monster Hunter movies. Now, important question. Yeah. Is the Street Fighter movie part of this franchise? No. no. Is the Mortal Kombat movie part of this franchise? Well, I think it's got to be Capcom, Jovovich right? The Mila franchise? No. Oh, I no, thought you were you doing the Paul it's, W.S. It's Mega Man. Franchise. Do you do Mega Mila Jovovich? State uh... your argument. <laughs> so, here is here is the thing. The horror in Resident Evil is about people being... Sub- in the movies. is about people being subsumed and, like, becoming operations of a corporate machine right like Mm -hmm. becoming like monsters in that they like become tools of this the like uh, this ludicrously evil corporation right you can Mm -hmm. do that in mega man this is my that's the entirety of my argument (laughs) (laughs) mila jovovich in okami (laughs) there you go i feel like uh, no it's a it's Resident Evil and then Monster Hunter. So what's another Capcom one? Lost uh, Planet, maybe, would actually be the answer. <laughs> that is a... You know what the, a real funny one would be? Oh. Dead Rising. <laughs> yeah, You know what, actually... The thing is that you could just actually make a good Dead Rising movie, I feel like. Yeah. It's called Zombieland. A... <laughs> <laughs> just Googling Capcom games. Uh, you got a Bionic Commando. That would be another good... But she's the commando. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. That's another layup. That's a layup. She has a big robot arm. And you... Oh, Nora, can I tell Grace your really dark um, uh, 
Wolfenstein speculation. Oh, My no. one other note is that it would also be funny if Mila Jovovich starred in the uh, Hollywood adaptation of Capcom versus Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so good! <laughs> I mean, I, the thing is, I wouldn't want the MCU to do it, but God, like, Alice being one of the characters in Capcom versus Marvel? Perfect. God. <laughs> I just don't want, like, Chris Evans to be there. That sounds miserable. Yeah, no. What have you got all the, like... What if you got people who looked like the characters from that new Avengers Square Enix game? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh. So you got Spider Man from Spider Man. Have they announced Wolfenstein three yet? No, three? I don't even yeah, know. It came out a while ago. Anyway, I don't know. But What's no, happened? they they have not announced the sequel to the new the new Colossus. Is that it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Nora, you were saying to me the other day. You were wondering if they're waiting for after the election to announce uh, Wolfenstein 3. Oh, and they've no. got two different ad campaigns ready to go based on how the election turns out. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> they're, they're going to build up the Mecha Hitler, and he's going to be blonde this time. I'm just saying. <sighs> he's going to be blonde and orange. <laughs> I hate this. God, you know, you know, I liked the New Order. <laughs> that's a that's a cool video game. It's like schlocky, but it's got heart. It's fun. Wolfenstein 2 sucks ass. But, but BJ, there's a freaking Cheeto in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got the game finished. It's just two different ad campaigns Nick, depending on how. There's no way that there is there is a AAA game that is finished. Oh, no, no, no. It, I'm exaggerating when I say finished. Like, they're probably going to make a third one because that feels like they would make a third one. I think they will. It is weird, though, because they're like, there's Wolfenstein Youngblood. Is that right? The co-op. New blood? blood? Yeah. There's there's the old blood, which is the prequel. Yeah. So I'm thinking of young. Then there's Youngblood, which is the co-op game. Yeah, the co-op game is what I'm thinking of, which takes place like 20 years after New Colossus and like America's been one back. Uh, and the a... fucking Black Panther person in New Colossus is the head of the FBI. No. Yes. No. Okay. Yes. Here's because those the games real... are bad. <laughs> the darkest timeline is that there's a Wolfenstein about communism. I mean, there there is a Wolfenstein about communism. It's uh, what's it called? I'm forgetting the name of it. Wolfenstein 2009. <laughs> Oh, maybe, but no, I'm thinking of, it's, uh, I don't know, there's like a cl- a classic quote-unquote PS2 third-person shooter that's like about America taken over by communists. Um, oh, uh, it's not Homefront, that's more recent. No, it's not Homefront. Also, and also, like, North Korea in that game is not communism, North Korea in that game is North Korea. <laughs> I guess, um, uh, anyway. I, so, I wanted to look at something, because I remember when, um... When send um, me the tweet, you're gonna want to look for the tweet. Yeah. When Bethesda got bought by Microsoft, I remember them tweeting out an image of all the. um, They tweeted out an image of all the IP they were getting, and I can't find the tweet now. But like, they were like doing like Dishonored, and I was like, "There, oh wait, 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 there it is, there it is." Okay. Yeah, and praise on there too, right? Like they're not making another one of those. They're never making another Dishonored. They're never making another Prey. 
It's going to be at least three years for another Elder Scrolls. I don't know when they're making another Fallout. They are, but I have no idea when. I mean, Fallout 76 is just a game they can keep making forever. Doom? Though I guess they'll make another Doom, but no one well, liked this one. Here's the thing, right? The things on this image are Dishonored, Wolfenstein, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, Starfield, which is fake, The Evil Within, and Prey. So Dishonored, I don't anticipate hearing from them anytime soon. Yeah. Because they're making a different game right now. That studio is working on something else. Wolfenstein, maybe. Elder Scrolls has an MMO. Yeah. So they don't have to do anything. Right. Fallout has an MMO. So they don't, <laughs> have, to, they don't have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, those properties exist in their current forms in an endless state. Like, yes. they can add content to 76. They can add content to, uh, uh, online. Um, that's, like, they don't have to make another one of those. Yeah. They don't have to make a Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> um, Doom will... They'll make more Doom. They'll make one more. At maybe. least. How much more will be in that one, though? Starfield, that's not out for at least at least two years, probably longer, I feel like. I don't think that game exists. They're never making another Evil Within game. Uh, I I don't know. That second one did pretty well. Did I it? Think, I think people like that one. People did I think like people it. Liked I don't know it. how well it did. Um, I, it looks like a game that I would enjoy as a person who just likes Resident Evil 4 and could just play more games like Resident Evil 4. It, yeah, it's better than life. the first one. I think that game looks... I, I'm trying to remember. Was it... Hmm. Is the, this is the milk game. <laughs> did I did I watch Game Grumps play Resident Evil 2? I mean, <laughs> Evil Within 2? I watched Patrick Klepek play a little bit of I it. definitely did that. Anyway, point is, I've watched someone play that video game. And, Evil Within 2 was a uh, it looks, it looked neat. release. They also, um, they've also got Prey in this image. And are they making another Prey? Because I, I kind of think they're not making another well, Prey. Well, isn't Prey imagine. also Arcane? Yeah. Prey is also so Arcane, no. yeah. I, I can't imagine what they would be. It was surprising enough that they did the DLC stuff for it, like with the multiplayer mode and... and yeah, moon, that, the, that Moon yeah. Crash thing is already kind of like a, a weird thing that, like felt like kind of a send-off in some way yeah i mean death of the outsiders feels like a send-off to dishonored as well yeah i'm like yeah death loop yeah like like, honestly i'm like cool with that cyber pilot but yeah sorry i interrupted you autumn no 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 i'm just i'm now looking at what this cyber pilot thing is oh it's a vr who fucking cares (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, I remember Death Lo- Death Loop looking kind of neat. I yeah. am, that's like got kind of like a sixty spy movie aesthetic to it, doesn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. I that is an aesthetic the... that I just don't give a shit about at all. But I will play an arcane game. For it sure. also has a little you bit know? of like I I guess I'm thinking about like charade. Have you seen charade? Uh, maybe it's a Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant thriller. Um, it kind of has that vibe to it. Um, that sounds like a Hitchcock movie that I haven't seen. It, it, <laughs> it's like, it's not a Hitchcock movie, but it is very much like in that zone. Okay. Um, uh, it's I'm very interesting. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's good. It's I I it's been many many years since I've seen it, but I'm like confident that it's probably a good time. You know, confident. That's I want to know about say. this first arcane game, Arx Fatalis. Arx Fatalis. Did that ever come out or? 
is that yeah released windows in 2002 xbox in 03 and 04 oh okay weird weird um i thought that because i remember when they announced dishonor that like the thing was like we got like these people from the thief team and we got these people from the bioshock team and we got these people from the half-life 2 theme that i thought that arcane had started just to make dishonored and that, apparently they yeah. had other games before that. Yeah, like Dark Messiah know. of Might and Magic. No idea what that is. Yeah. I, I know they made a game that was, like, also first-person combat-focused with, like, swords and stuff that people were like, oh, I bet a bunch of this made it into Dishonored, but that was, like, a different thing. Um, huh. But I don't know what that is. I don't They've know. got I an iOS a video. game that does not even have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> Well, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes you make an iOS game that doesn't have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> also, I didn't realize that Arcane made Wolfenstein Youngblood. Yes, oh, weird. I think they worked on it. Yeah. Oh, they worked uh, developed by Machine Games and Arcane. Studios. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay, okay. that what makes is, sense. What is Machine Games up to right now? Uh, nothing on according to Wikipedia. Yeah, I mean they gotta be up to Wolfenstein Three or yeah something. That's yeah, or um, or. What if they're doing a Quake revival? I know they just did a Quake revival. What if they did oh, another right. one? Did that Quake hero shooter I ever come out? Too, yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't. I don't know shit for shit about what Bethesda Studios are up to. It just feels like nothing. It just feels like Bethesda was so cool for three years, and now it's not. Yeah. Well, it was like, I don't like. Yeah, they were really hot for a minute. It seemed like, but. I mean, like, yeah, like, the one-two punch of, um, like, Skyrim and Dishonored came out, like, one after the other, and, mm-hmm. like, Wolfenstein 1 is not that far removed from either of those, I don't think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Quake Champions is a game that came out three years ago. <laughs> I vaguely remember Brad talking about this on the Bombcast. 2018, they an- one year later, they announced it would be made free-to-play. Oh, Yeah. Well, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. Very sparse uh, wiki page, but they did add BJ Blazkowicz and the Doom Slayer to the game. I okay. think it's more fun to call him Doom Guy. They can't do that. Why? Because they already put too many memes in the game, and they couldn't do one more. That's fair. Ugh. But that's the that's the thing. I don't. I don't know. Make, Doom twenty sixteen is not good. I liked Doom twenty sixteen when it came out. Um, well, I liked about eight hours of Doom twenty sixteen. The problem is that that game is like twenty hours. Watching some Doom Eternal playthrough because of some VTuber stuff has really made, given me a fondness for Doom twenty sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, everything about that game sounded nightmarish to me as someone who like immediately bounced off of. I put, yeah. like, a couple hours into Doom 2016 and was like, I'm good. Like, I'm what fine. What do you build in Doom? I, re- <laughs> I really liked Doom 2016, and then I just hit a point, I was like, this is getting too long. I'm done with this now. Yeah. To, to paint a picture of the me who played Doom 2016, I played it while listening to my brother, my brother, and me. Oh, God. <laughs> I remember because they did their 311th episode, which had lots of jokes about the band named 311. Um, and I, I, but 
this week playing even just the first three missions of Doom, like 1993, I was just like, oh, fuck Doom 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Fuck really... that game. I got, I got really into when I was like 14, I got really into the Serious Sam games, and I'm so mad at my 14-year-old self for liking those games instead of Doom. <laughs> You just gotta be. I, you know, I was into Mass Effect as a 16, 17 year old. It's just yeah. Like... There's definitely. I could have made worse choices. <laughs> <laughs> I played Mass Effect two as um, well. It was probably seventeen, uh, but I didn't play it as an RPG at all. I just played it as a shooter. Yeah. Uh, I never once opened the power menu. I oh. just shot everything. Oh my god. I'd used the power wheel once in the tutorial to make Jacob pull a guy, and I'd never hit that button again. Oh, my God. <laughs> 17-year-old me would have been horrified at that. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, that's the, vi- that's the whole video game. Just go play Gears of War, I- you nerd. I didn't-, <laughs> I didn't have an Xbox, and I didn't know what Mass Effect was. Other than yeah, no, I'm just teasing. to people uh, and shoot stuff. Teasing. How did you play Mass Effect back then? Uh, I had an what Xbox. You, or how did you? What do you? When did it come out on PS3? That's what I don't remember. Mass Effect Two came out on PS3. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I remember things now. Yeah. Mass Effect One was the only exclusive until the like trilogy collection came out. I think so. Yep. For some reason, that series is like fundamentally tied to the Xbox in my brain, in the same way that like Fable is tied to the Xbox in my brain. I mean, I think it making... was, like, in press conferences, they used it as, yeah. like, a look what the Xbox 360 can do thing. And, like, that's what Destiny 2 is for the PS4 for me. Or Destiny, even. Yeah. Because yeah. they, like, got, like, PS exclusive stuff in there, and they showed it off mainly at Sony conferences, so it was just, like, had yeah. this association. Well, like, Call of Duty was that way for with the Xbox for yeah. a while, too. So. Yeah. Did, um... Are they making another Fable game? Yes, yeah. they announced it uh, with like a CG trailer at the Microsoft. Thing. I remember. I don't know why, but I remember hating Fable One back in the day, and I've never played any of the others. I, I remember, you know, hating that game. I think that game's not good, but I have not. Like, have you have you ever wanted to play an RPG that's like just shallower and less fun than every other RPG? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? Like, I had a moment just now where I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll play, like, Fable 2. I know people like that game. And I remembered that I, like, started The Witcher 1 and didn't finish it earlier this year. And that is a great game. Yeah, you should just play that. Well, and the last... Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. The the last Fable game that came out was a free-to-play digital collectible card game set in the Fable universe. It was discontinued in March 2020 and can no longer be played. Yep. I didn't realize it was that recently that it was discontinued, actually. I thought it was... Yeah, it came out in 2017. Uh, what is Fable Anniversary? Is this a That's m- just an HD that's a collection. Remake, yeah. Uh, so, Fable was 2004. But yeah, The Witcher 1 is a fucking fantastic game. I really should play it again, because I, I played it in, like, 2013, I think. Um, and I, like, was like, this game is really neat and ambitious, but isn't, like, put together well. Um, and I feel like that is the opinion of someone who liked Mass Effect. So I don't. That, so. 
the thing that I actually like about it is that it is unpolished and is that, is that it is very earnestly trying to do something and doesn't is not um it's just not all the way there yeah you know like and I just think it is a it, it gives it a lot of charm. I, I mean, think. I think I just have like the patience for that now in a way that I didn't back then. Um, yeah, that yeah, that's also like I don't think I could have come to The Witcher Three any sooner than this year. You know, like I don't think or The Witcher One. Uh, I don't think I could have come to The Witcher One until after I played Final Fantasy Eight and decided it was the best video game. Ever made. <laughs> yeah, I I really should play Final Fantasy Eight again because like that was like. Playing Final Fantasy, it was like, yeah, I, I think this is interesting, but, like, I don't know if I super vibe with it. And then it's, like, a game I think about all the time. And in retrospect, I'm like, this is really, really good. So. That's a, that's always my favorite thing, though. When I, like, don't like something, and then I end up spending, like, the next two years thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that go. is such a good experience. I've been going oh, through... like, dental work. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going through that experience with Young Thug lately of just, like... I have always known of Young Thug. He has always been influential on artists that I've liked, but I, until, like, the last month, maybe, I've never liked Thug. Um, I've sometimes said that I liked Thug to impress people, but I never actually got, <laughs> got like, enjoyed his music until very recently. Well, um... Um... Well, I don't know. Are there any other dead RPG franchises we want to talk about? <laughs> uh, what, what are the great dead RPG? I mean, The Witcher 3 is not a dead RPG franchise. No. <sighs> now I'm thinking about Cyberpunk. They're going to release that game. Yeah, it's coming yeah, out. That against... game's going to come out against all odds. Um, uh, you know, I like The Witcher 3 a lot. That's my contribution. The Witcher 3 looks like a neat game. I like it. Uh, the The problem with Cyberpunk 2077 is that there is a version of myself that would have like gone nuts for that game. Yeah, like, there is a yeah the version of me who was reading Neil Stevenson books would have gone nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and now it is just so repellent. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of how I really got like because I was at, well, that, I remember that first trailer being like oh this looks cool like that I remember that being the reaction I had. Um, and that, but yeah, I've just been kind of worn down by all the stuff that happened, that has happened around that game that is just bad and vile. Uh, The, the wild thing about that game is that there has been so much stuff and it's not even out. Yeah. Like, and not even all the stuff that people are upset about is like the game. Yeah. It's marketing, marketing for other games. Yes. Social media yeah. profiles of the company that is putting the game out. Right. The material conditions of the workers involved yes. in the game. For like, sure. But there it's are so like... many external factors that people have been talking about for like two years. And there are still going to be people who say, well, I guess I'll still play it. I guess I'll still. <laughs> I guess I have no choice but to give this company $60. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, I'm winking. I'm doing a parody right now, but I'm just saying that CD Projekt Red does put out all of their video games DRM free. And if you really have to be one of those person, one of those people that's going to play Cyberpunk for um, for uh, like you have like some fear of missing out, or you need to cover it, or what have you, um, that game is free. <laughs> Can you imagine if like 
someone put up their like freelance piece on Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven on like a like a major publication, and then at the end said, "Oh, by the way, I pirated this." <laughs> I... BT Dubs, I stole this game. I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's like honestly, I like dream of writing a like in defense of piracy piece for like IGN or something. This will never happen. Yeah, I but just like, like sometimes I'm like that would be that would be great. I want more people to pirate things. <laughs> parody, it's parody. like such a weird <laughs> it's such a weird thing because it's like it is a firmly held belief in my head in my mind that like stealing things is good. Yes. <laughs> Piracy yeah. is bad. P- parody, parody. Yeah. <laughs> but um it's just not something you can say in public. Both for, like, actual reasons and for just being discouraged away from it. Like, GameSpot and IGN just won't run your thing about piracy being a good thing to do. I think that pirating video games is one of the bravest and sexiest things a person can do. (laughs) I don't think it's that. I just think it's good. (laughs) That's what I said. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know. Wait, people know. I feel like people listen to this podcast now. You should emulate yeah, things. Pe- it's good. It's good for your it's soul. It's not like I'm going around saying, oh, I played Final Fantasy VIII on my Switch this year. Like, everybody knows how I played Final Fantasy VIII, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I played Final Fantasy VIII on my Switch. There's a bad decision. If, Don't do that. Play, emulate it. This is my advice. If, if you're going to pirate... The Mass Effect remaster, when it comes out, emulates somebody with some better fucking taste. (laughs) (laughs) I literally, I just tabbed over, I just idly tabbed over to the Abnormal Mapping Discord um, and saw someone saying, like, how do you play this game that you guys are covering? Um, And Jackson just replied, emulation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What What are they covering? I don't even know. It's someone's abbreviated as FSR. I don't know what that means. Final Smash Recovery. I forget. What are they? Final Fantasy Rate. (laughs) Yeah. I have no idea. Fable Stay Rights. I wish I could remember what Abnormal Mapping is covering next. I completely forgot. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't remember. I don't think I've listened to the episode yet. The most recent one, so... The last episode they listened to came out while I was in the hospital, so I have listened to it, but, like, I have no recollection of... Right. Yeah. Oof. I'm The thing is with AM is that I'm always like, I'm going to play these games, oh, right. and then I don't. Uh, so eventually, I, like, two months later, I'm like, all right, I'm listening to it. I'm, I'm giving up. But I, um... I, I I think I'm just like abnormal mapping is just like one of my favorite podcasts on like even before I was friends with Em and Jackson. Yeah. Um to where like I will listen to an episode when it comes out and then three months later I'll play the game and listen to the episode again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like not I've never been a person who's too bothered by spoilers. There's definitely like I want to have some control over it. Like I wanna be able to choose to get spoiled, but like once I make that choice I'm not bothered by it. Um, so yeah, I will just listen to their, like, um, podcast about, like, Wheels of Aurelia and absorb it, and then, like, play Wheels of Aurelia a couple months from now and come back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, I think that's... Yeah, that for Journal. I think that's great. I, uh, I just get, like, 
galaxy critic brain where i'm like if i listen to criticism that's going to like color how i react to the game as i'm playing it and like that you know anyway so I'm just i think this it. is i i definitely think that's a thing and i just think it's nice because um like i don't i do criticism for export which is like a thing that we have control over if i was trying to freelance and like market my criticism like i would be worried about that but yeah. since i'm not like since it's just our thing like i just don't have to worry about it too much well this is why i haven't listened to either of the two big podcasts about disco elysium and i won't until we do the journal episode yeah for it yeah um, i'm waiting it's only a few months away i uh i should play that i think i want to do a column on it so uh there's god stuff in that game because i actually have been spoiled on it so <laughs> i um i tweeted last night like oh yeah i like disco elysium but i have a lot of problems with it too like like most of my problems with that game are about like the the gameplay and like the rpg stuff the nervous breakdown that you had yeah the weird nervous breakdown that i had um and then like but if I just think about Kim, your like party member from that game, for even two seconds, I'll be like, actually, Disco Elysium is the best game ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kim. That's and that's all that matters, really, yeah. when you think about it. Man. Um. Am is doing a uh, a Sora's Wrath next. That game's so good. Ooh, I should play that. When I, I played, played it, I was like, oh, this sucks. Part of it. I've got, like, a ton of, like, weird Xbox 360 games that I want to play, like El Shaddai, Ascension of the oh, Metatron. Oh, hell yeah. That game owns. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited. That... I think I have Binary Domain on Xbox also, which is available on PC, but I did not have a PC when I bought it, so. I I own Binary Domain, and I have, I like, it's like one of those, like, million games where I, like, played the first level. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to get back to this tomorrow. And then like, just never played more yeah, of it. I, I feel, yeah. I'm like, I didn't like have a save of paradise killer that I've been like sitting on for two weeks. Um, that game is cool. Didn't waypoint but... do an abnormal mapping episode on binary domain. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I didn't listen yes. to it though. Cause I was like, oh, when that. someone does a podcast about a specific game, that's just called doing an abnormal mapping. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Um, the best game dot club. <laughs> have you heard about the second best game Donald? yes i have yeah. <laughs> that was so the funniest thing about that was nora or molly had posted something about um had posted some joke about getting the domain second best game dot club and then within like ten, like 10 minutes later m messaged us to be like i got it and then <laughs> Like a minute after that, Jackson's like, "Oh, that's why I couldn't get it because you already got it." <laughs> that would have been Molly. The thing I said was that I was going to start a rival podcast, uh, uh, also about whales. To, oh yeah, to uh, face off against Higgledy Piggledy whale statements as the best and, whale podcast. Uh, I think their URL is abnormalmapping.com slash whale yes and i was gonna get abnormalmapping.com slash cooler whale <laughs> <laughs> wow welcome to blowholes a podcast <laughs> about video games with whales in them 
<laughs> this week we're covering Dishonored 2 again. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, Blue Ocean again. <laughs> we got you got Echo the Dolphin's got to have some whales, right? You got three games right there. At least three. Yeah, that's yeah. a whale. Dolphin is just a giant whale. Just a small whale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does it count if it has a killer whale? Because it's not technically a whale. What is the is a killer whale not a whale? Killer whales, uh, I hold on. I'm gonna look this up so I so I don't fuck this up. But I'm pretty sure they're is like it a called shark orca or whales. It's a toothed whale belonging to the oceanic dolphin family. Oh, okay. I think the members. thing people would say is that it's a dolphin. It's not a whale. But like, I don't know. Um, Sounds like it's maybe both. I don't know. Yeah, it can be. Maybe both. taxonomy's fake. You can be. I mean, it is. That's also the thing. Yeah. Um, oh, I wonder if that there's that documentary about whales, about killer whales in like Sea World. Uh, is is that a Free Willy? No. <laughs> Did Werner Herzog do a documentary about whales? Am I, I just totally out of my mind? I mean, he's done a lot of documentaries. I couldn't say. <laughs> um, this I don't think the one I'm thinking of is a Herzog. I th- I'm trying to remember what it's called. Uh, there's. Here's a movie based on a novel by Arthur Herzog. This is definitely... I, I feel like there's a Herzog documentary about a creature of the sea, and maybe I just thought it was whales. Yeah. I think it's called, like, Blackfish or something like that, and it's about, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, like, made a, I made a splash, no pun intended, when it came out. <laughs> uh, but it's about, like, like killer whales in captivity who like killed trainers and stuff and about how like the conditions were really bad and like how we probably shouldn't have them in captivity period and, and stuff like that um but here's it's like, a listicle about the documentaries of her and her Herzog ranked the first the lead in this article mentions nosferatu the vampire which is like wait is this just a shout out to us <laughs> is this uh is this a non-fix article mm-hmm. is this is this written by cole henry Oh my god! <laughs> Shouts out to Cole. This is yeah. what's Cole's favorite Werner Herzog documentary. Let's find out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cole um, also. Yeah. Cole's written. He wrote this piece for Nonfix a little while ago about um, climate change cinema. That is like an all timer for me. I think it's very good. Uh, Grizzly Man at number six, which is bold because I feel like that is a beloved one. Yeah, that's like little the Nieder- one people know. I feel like. Um, but okay, Little Dieter needs to fly is the other one that I'm aware of, and that's at number two. And then we've got Lessons of Darkness, which I'm not really aware of at uh, number one. Yeah, I've never heard um, of that one. The other one I know is Cave of Forgotten Wonders, which is like yes, Cave of Forgotten Wonders, which is a very funny film in a very Herzogian yeah. way. I just remember seeing um, like Werner Herzog on like the Colbert Report talking about radioactive crocodiles or whatever, <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> Is That's this great. the aqua one, the, the aquatic one that you were thinking of? Where he talks probably about penguins? Not. I, I probably just had something mixed up. I might have just thought that Blackfish was a Werner Herzog. Yeah, I don't... Oh, there's that guy. Yeah, there's a... What's his name? Klaus Kinski. Yeah. Wait, is this a documentary about Klaus Kinski? Yeah, the, he, it, no, he did a documentary so. called My Best Fiend about Klaus Kinski and like, their relationship. I believe that is where that clip that we watched of him listening oh, to... Yeah. Um, Cave of Forgotten Dreams, I have not seen it, is a funny movie to me because it is a it is Werner's uh, only 3D movie. Um, yes, yeah. 
mm-hmm. which is about cave paintings. Oh, I, and radioactive albino alligators. Okay. Or <laughs> uh, um, important to note. Into the Abyss is another really famous one. I remember I so it may be like 2015. Um, I got like pulled over for speeding or something and had to go take a, like a little driving course. Um, and um, they showed us a, at this driving course that I had to take to like make up for my speeding ticket. They showed us a Werner Herzog documentary about people. Um, it was like three families who had been affected by like drunk driving, texting and driving, um, like these sorts of things that was just like, it was just very strange to have to like go watch a Werner Herzog documentary, like as part of my state mandated, like, that's um, yeah, it was a very strange experience. I feel like that's either a portrait into a better world or a worse one. <laughs> I don't it know was, which. It there it is from one second to the next. Oh, okay, um, it's a good which title. Which seems like a fairly middle of the pack thing. AT and T. Yeah, AT and T funded it. Um, it looks what? like so. That's why. Yeah, it really feels like it, it. It feels like he was just hired to do a documentary about this thing. It doesn't feel like he. It doesn't feel like a Werner Herzog movie, oh, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Wheel of Time, they just made a movie. We can just watch that. We can just watch that. <laughs> yeah, he, he released a documentary this year, I think, about, uh, like, mock funerals, I think. I don't, I, I couldn't say. Um, Cole liked it, though. I know that. Let's see. I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, what else I've been up to. I'm reading this book called The Vanishing Half. What's that? Uh, it's by Britt Bennett. It is a book about... The town of Mallard in Virginia, I want to say. And it is a town of uh, light-skinned black folk um, Hmm. who, like, discourage... Like, I mean, they're colorists, right? They discourage marrying darker people. Um, It's about twin sisters who one of them leaves and begins to... Like, she passes as white, and so she pretends to be white basically she like mm-hmm. disappears and is like off with white people and the other sister marries a very dark-skinned man and has a you know dark child uh, and brings her mm-hmm. home to mallard um and that's kind of what the book's about i'm not super far in it but it's the thing is that premise sounds like very allegorical in like an uncomfortable way right Mm-hmm. Um, but that's extreme. The book is like extremely like detailed and real about like the way these people's lives work and does a lot with a little. It's very cool. I don't know. I I don't think I have a lot to say about it. But I think it's neat. I think people should check it out. Uh, this is how I feel about. Um, I just started reading Universal Harvester, which is like the second major novel by John Darnielle of the Mountain Goats. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Um, they bite giants. Which. Uh, the thing that I said on Twitter that sounds like I don't like it, but is is actually like the highest praise, is that I think Universal Harvester is a much less ambitious book than his first novel. Um, Wolf and White Van is a book that I like a lot, but I think gets very dizzying mm-hmm. at times. Um, Universal Harvester is very grounded and like in a in a certain type of way that it's like if you've 
liked Twin Peaks, if you like Kentucky Route Zero, if you like all of these things, like, you're gonna like this. It's just one of these, but it's just very good, and I like that a lot about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm only... I think I'm at, a, I'm at about the halfway point, so, like, I haven't brought it up on any podcasts yet, because I'm right. probably gonna finish it and then have, like, some... something to say about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the thing is, it is, like, I think this is, um in many ways like a really ambitious novel because it's also like generational it takes place over like 30 years right oh. um it's pretty short it's not a super long book and that's sort of the thing is it's like so elegant and i think it's the thing that's really admirable about it is that it's like um it almost feels like i read the first part of it like the first section of the book right which is like for the first four chapters are like split off into like 19 you know 69 or whatever right um and uh, like it feels like you've known those characters for years. It's like it, I don't know. It's I, I don't know exactly how to describe it in a way that's like satisfying in like a critical way, but just to say that like like this book does so much with with like very little, um, in terms of like space, right? Which is like what like after reading something like House of Leaves, which is just like the most empty book, even though it's like six hundred words, right, or six hundred pages, <laughs> you know, um. God, people love that book, and it's bad. That's why I have to You say. liking... Because I've always been in a situation... Or I've always been in a weird spot where I've been like, oh, I bet I'd like House of Leaves. I should read that, but there's no... I don't think there's going to be any good way to do audio of that, and so I've never really like looked into it more yeah and then you not liking it has just felt immensely freeing of like oh i never have to worry about that <laughs> yeah i trust grace and like just i just bad. never have to think about this like, Autumn, you could just listen to a couple borges stories and you have like got that experience like you've gotten what that book is it's one it's like two pretty interesting ideas stretched out over 700 pages it's dreadfully boring like i just don't care for it I have read a very small amount of Borges, but it was for um, Spanish classes in, like, college and stuff. So it was more about, like, translating it and right. um, and also just, like, teaching literature often sucks all the joy out of reading literature. Yeah, that is actually the context in which I read them, too. Not in Spanish class, but just, like, in... Uh, I read it in my theory mm-hmm. class. A couple Borges stories, so... Um, I think they're actually really useful... For talking about theory, because they're kind of like each Borges story is kind of a theoretical text <laughs> in of itself. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, I, I mean that as both a compliment and a detriment. I guess I'm not like anyway, but I think uh, and like that's the thing is it's like like it, it's a book that's trying to one up Borges by writing a story that is like so much longer than anything Borges ever written because Borges knew how to edit. Like that's like the whole, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, it's very frustrating, especially like also like reading because I also read Stephen King right around that time, and like I have plenty of issues with Stephen King, right? But like mm-hmm. when he's on, he can write like a lean, effective novel. Like Carrie is short, and it's it's yeah. cuts to the bone. It's good, right? It's effective in a way that like sections of House of Leaves are, but just the whole thing cannot be. It's so unwieldy with for no like real purpose. I think. Well, um, and I think like one of the great strengths of Salem's Lot is that is. It is a powerfully unambitious book, you know? Um, it really is just Dracula. Yeah. That's all it is, and that's fine. That's wonderful. 
you know what's a good book? Dracula. Don't tell M. Don't listen to that last three seconds. Um, Dracula's trash. <laughs> I just, yeah, I haven't read like any classic horror novels, so that's something I'm gonna have to remedy at some point. Uh, you should read Frankenstein. Yeah, it, it's one well, that uh... Frankenstein might be my favorite book. I read it all in one day, and it was just like. I don't know if Frankenstein is my favorite book, but it has been my favorite experience of reading a book. Of yeah, just like, I feel, yeah. I just have to keep going. I was yeah. so enraptured. Speaking of which, Autumn, book. I gotta, you have to read Lathe of Heaven. I'm gonna make you do it. It's so good. Okay, okay. Um, I'm literally, I'm pulling up uh, the website where I purchase audiobooks for money right now. Yes. You can just say that you're stealing shit. <laughs> <laughs> we had this conversation. Um, um, well, actually, you know, I will actually, because I use Libro FM, which is like a um, audiobook website that supports like local bookstores. So I might actually see if I have any Libro credits real quick. Yeah, before yeah, yeah. I do anything else. Uh, anyway. I also, I checked it out with Libby, which is like a ebook library yes. thing. Uh, I've been like, reading. Um, I've been reading Universal Harvester from Libby. Actually, oh yeah. right now. Okay, yeah. Libby is Libby? is is cool. I think that's like, I don't know. People don't know about it. It's a cool thing. You should check and see if your library supports it because it's like. Or I think Overdrive is the other thing that like might be. Yeah. To it. Um. I used to have Overdrive, and then my. So I have two library cards: one in Lawrence, Kansas, and one in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and. When I moved to St. Louis, they only had Libby, and so then I went and checked the Lawrence website, and I noticed that, like, um, um, they had, like, been like, oh, we still have Overdrive, but, like, Libby is a better app, and so, um, right. Okay. I've switched over to Libby for both things now. Yeah. Um, no, I and like it, it works with Kindle if you have a Kindle or use Kindle as your like primary reading app. I don't know, it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's real. It's a really cool thing. People, like, support your local libraries as best you can. Yeah, especially now. Especially in 2020. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Yeah, did you know, so um, my, my wife works at a library, and... Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and she, well, she loves, she, no, she loves it, I think it's fair to say, but also, like, things have been hellish with, like, how the library's handled. Oh, I bet uh covid mm. and stuff and anyway um i have just so purchased the lathe of heaven hey so ah okay and, i'm and yeah i i did it on libro.fm which is a website where you can support uh local bookstores like the raven in lawrence kansas or um <laughs> not apotheosis left bank books in st louis missouri or whatever's local to you yeah. apotheosis is the comic shop apotheosis is the comic shop that we like i have a i mostly is just like that place because there was a really really hot person behind the counter yeah <laughs> they were Listen, they were gorgeous no there's <laughs> i don't i don't my, uh... i don't know anything about pronoun situation with that person but they were just really stunning cute. they were just really <laughs> cute um my uh wife went to a maverick this is before we met i think and uh she went and got a like a diet coke
was the other day for Champions. It was out for like 20 minutes, it felt like. Well, uh, what was the last we thing you heard? We heard uh, that your wife went to the gas station and got a Diet Coke, and then you just cut out, and I was like, well, that is the most anticlimactic story <laughs> I've ever heard. So there was, uh, yeah, there was someone behind the counter, um, and I, you know, I didn't see them, but they were like a butch lesbian. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the vibe, and Emma was like, you know, getting ready to pay, and she was like, "No, you, you, you can keep it. You can take it for free." <laughs> and you know, and this was also, I think, like in a period where she, you know, my wife was sort of figuring things out, and so it was like very <laughs> formative, <laughs> right? So I just sometimes you see a hot person and it's burning your brain forever, and like that's just normal shit, human shit. This is this is me basically anytime like any customer comes through my my coffee shop. That is like gender non-conforming in any way. I'm just like, oh hello. I like. <laughs> I just don't. I see cis people all day, and like just seeing you is just like making me feel better right now. And I'm making it weird. I know I'm being weird, but like. <laughs> there is a there is a grocery delivery shopper who comes through, uh, who's definitely trans, um, and they come through my lane a lot. It's just nice. Yeah. We, they were like, oh, uh, I like your bracelet. And I was like, yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> we just recently, um, so f- for people who know, you know, my coffee shop is part of a chain and not my store, but a store nearby, um, like hired someone who is like, who, who I believe is trans. I haven't talked to her very much, but like, um, and she was just like outside skateboarding and I was just like, why are you so much cooler than me? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> but then she came in and got an apple juice with two shots of espresso. I was like, oh, that's fucking weird. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's an energy. That is like, who? I want to know this person. This is like a very peculiar energy. And like, right? not in a bad way, but just like, that's like a weird mix of things. I, I could vibe with it. Uh, I should yeah sorry the, the the one thing this makes me think of is the, the German art film Pepperminta which features mm-hmm. a chaotic woman who is like both sort of like intimidating and like kind of like aggressive but is also like super light and you know I don't know it's good it's a good or at least it was a good movie when I watched it the election night 2016 <laughs> so <laughs> um, but uh but that, that's the energy that reminds me of it. So, you know, that, that's good. I would say that that's a good energy to have. But, yeah, you know. I was playing Shin Megami Tensei 4 that night. Damn. I, um, Cause that this, was, that I was, have an embarrassing story. Because that was the week <laughs> I came out. So. Oh, it was? To, just to myself. Oh, that was that was the week that I like figured it out. Oh, it was, like, okay, sorry. I just days afterward. I thought you said that was the day that Shemugami Tensei Four came out. No, no, I came. <laughs> no, I out. came out. Yes, no, I understand. <sighs> I I have an embarrassingly white story, which is that I like went to sleep angry, and then I woke up the next day and listened to Beyonce to make myself feel better. <laughs> 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 yeah, I I listen to a lot of Kanye West, which is in retrospect very ironic. <laughs> but 
I I just last a couple weeks ago, I guess, had one of those. I'm just gonna listen to a bunch of Kanye albums from like 2009 and just like pretend that the last four years haven't happened. Yeah, you know, a lot of people out there pretending the last four years haven't happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I there was a period where like every day I would get I would get sad thinking about Kanye West. And that's I like, I went through it too. Like yeah. I, the like way in which the shrieking shack like cannot tear themselves away from looking at every terrible thing that J.K. Rowling says yes. is how I felt about Kanye for a while. Yeah. Of just mm-hmm. like I I knew how I felt about it, but I just had to like check the news every day and just see like, oh my god, it's getting worse. Oh my god, it's getting worse. And like, it's always so weird with Kanye too because like it's taken on this like. And I think this is somewhat reasonable, but it has this, like, air of everybody's concerned about his mental health, too. Right, yeah. And, like, it's always weird because it's like, he one, he does not seem well, and two, it does not feel like the entire, like, world's business how well or not well he is. Yeah. Him supporting Trump is bad anyway. Yes, no, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, a, comp- it's a complicated thing. Uh, but it's also, it's, like, weird because, like... Uh, I guess technically, um, oh, I'm forgetting this man's name. Uh, he's a protege of Kanye's man in the moon is like his debut album. Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi was like the first rapper I got into, but Kanye was like soon after that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so much Mm -hmm. of like my relationship with Kanye in high school was like defending him from all my like white Christian peers right yeah and trying to like be like i went through a very similar phase yeah where it's like this is how i can like justify being into this music that's like about sex and has swears in it or whatever right um and not even necessarily like obviously there's also a racial component there right there's all sorts of stuff Mm -hmm. happening and so like then like seeing him transfer into something that a lot of those people would have been would be okay with is like been truly like a trip right because it's anyway and i mean yeah it's like there's all sorts of stuff that gets wrapped up with like my personal religious experience and like race and whiteness and like so it's it's just a big mess that i don't like have the room to get into it but it's like i don't know sometimes it's just like yeah and that results in me sometimes i just think about Kanye west and i feel sad (laughs) and like that's it yep Uh, yeah yeah yeah. um i should just uh, uh download this album so i'm not technically giving him money by listening to him on <laughs> yeah ultralight beam is still like a, a a genuinely moving song yeah you know mm. yeah <laughs> like it is just like man like i mean yeah that's the thing is you like it's like you listen to crack music and it's like this guy wrote that you know like how yeah. did that happen oh yeah no 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 yeah. like i whatever whatever like it's a whole thing thank shout outs to one song thing. only who really like helped me get through this <laughs> yeah yeah they really yeah they were really they they helped me get through this both by like trying to do it and then just giving up on it yes yeah. <laughs> you know? like oh, just like i giving up on because so, sometimes i'm like man i want them to come back from the war and then sometimes i'm like oh, actually i like good for them you know yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes i think like oh maybe they could do this with like jay-z no don't want a jay-z version of this you know like that dude's a billionaire fuck him yeah ah so i'm thinking about the nfl stuff with jay-z it's so bad 
Uh, anyway. So bad. So bad. Grace, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me online at Grace underscore machine on Twitter at graceinthemachine.com, which is my blog, which is updated pretty infrequently these days as I'm kind of a freelancer now. I write a column at Uppercut called Killing Your Gods about Christianity and religion and RPGs. Uh, that's about it. I don't know. You can find me on Idle Talk with Cole Henry mm-hmm. uh, on the Abnormal Mapping Podcast Network, abnormalmapping.com slash idletalk. And you can find me at Seasons with my wife. There's also abnormal.com. We talk about movies. And we didn't record it up. Yeah. We watched the movie and we haven't recorded the episode. It's been like a month. This is this is how oh. this month has been. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Nora, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at neither Nora. You can find the stuff I do at norablake.online. And you can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. I've got a pinned tweet with all my other podcasts. Um, and then right below that pinned tweet is a link to my coffee or the Patreon for export. You can support all these podcasts that we do. Um, we're both very tired, so, uh, go listen to We Are the Champions, because that's my favorite one. I think I said this on the last episode that we recorded, but <laughs> it's still my favorite one. <laughs> Sorry to Rush Jet, which is my second favorite. Um, it's still better than any of my podcasts, so. <laughs> betrayal. Curly the, will remember this. Uh, on the next <laughs> on the next episode of Newbie, I will say that Rush is my favorite. Newbie's coming back. Newbie's coming back. Oh damn! Watch this space for Newbie. I want to commit to doing a weekly podcast what about if, Ruby. What if we committed to biweekly? What if we committed to weekly, and if one of you two weaklings doesn't show up, I have the other one to talk to. That's fair. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. Ah. <laughs> I love you so much. I know. <laughs> That's um, our sign-off. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, until I, next time. I have time. a sign-off for my blog, I guess. Uh... Keep it flamio, everybody. <laughs> May your heart be your guiding key. May your heart be your guiding key. May your fart be your guiding key. My diamonds are safe, Pikachu. They say Pikachu. I'm a boss, I walk to the club and say Pikachu. My diamonds are safe, Pikachu. They gon' wink at you. I'm a boss, bitch, I'ma walk through and say Pikachu. When I walk through the club, my diamond dancing. Yes, sir. My shit look like camera flashing. I see. Slippers and yacht shoes. 50,000 in the back of my use. I meant trues. Packets fat, no bruise. If I took your work, that's your fault. You snooze, you lose. My diamonds just say Pikachu. They say Pikachu. I'm a boss, I walk to the club and just Pikachu. My diamonds just say Pikachu. They gon' wink at you. I'm a boss, bitch, I'ma walk through and just Pikachu. When I walk through the club, my diamond dancing. Yes, sir. My shit look like camera flash.
Watch my diamond dance. MC Hammer. Soon as it hit the light, these bitches start romancing. Diamonds HD. Shine like they gold teeth. All these blood diamonds. Got them all up out the streets. White VVS's. No color diamonds. It's like they taking pictures for the cheddar diamonds. Just some young niggas doing the big. Taking over and flexing the shit. You did. And yeah, we putting on like this. In the dark, it still glow like this. You bitch. We got these lanes handcuffing they boo. Cause one peak, she ain't leaving with true. Ain't that My the truth? My diamonds, they say Pikachu. They say Pikachu. I'm a boss, I walk to the club and just Pikachu. My diamonds, they say Pikachu. They gon' wink at you. I'm a boss, bitch, I'ma walk through and just Pikachu. When I walk through the club, my diamond dancing. Yes, sir. My shit look like cameras flashing. I can't hut. Yeah, my diamonds be demanding. Your hoe sucking with a passion, she lavish. Hit my cup. Hit my black. I can't front. I ain't D4L, but I stunt. I ain't drunk. In two days, feel like a month. I'm just bullin' with my dog, feel like I hunt. Bitch, I'ma be hood rich in a minute, ho. If I start, I never finish, ho. Slippin' mud like a guinea, ho. Watch Martin, no rimming, ho. Count fast like a killin', ho. Rage start, yeah, they tenant, ho. Black man with rats like them tennis, ho. When we count the rat, we never finish, ho. Bitch, young school got couple licks, we gon' gon' hit. He got young country boy, won't bridge. And like a hit song, he gettin' remit. My bitch, homie, cool, cool, runnin' sick. We runnin' old school train, she get hit. I kill my dog, no, my bitch. Y'all call my homie, you know, on the I'm a boss, I walk to the club and just peek at you My diamond just say peek at you They gon' wink at you I'm a boss, bitch, I'ma walk through and just peek at you